0: If you if you look at this stuff, it seems to point to stuff happens after we die. And then if you deep, delve deeper into this, there seems to be some sort of a pattern.
1: Welcome back to Grimerica. Unfortunately, Darren and Graham forgot to record the regular intro for this episode, so instead, we're going to be giving you a sneak peek into the Black Budget Feed. Or if you are a subscriber to the Grimerica show, or if you've supported us in the past, then you would already have access. If you haven't, then you should head on over to grimerica.ca stripe and follow the directions there. If you have any questions, email me, adam at grimerica.com. This is the Trip Report episode from the Black Budget Feed. It is an hour and four minutes long if you guys would like to skip ahead Thank you guys so much for your support. You may remember this one. It was recorded in the Igloo. Unfortunately for the Grimerica guys, that one was taken out by a police chase and has had to uh, get shifted into Brody's spare bedroom, but they are back on track and thankfully they get the keys to the new studio. They're going to be moving in on January 1st and That, thankfully, that's because of you guys. That's because of your support. And hopefully you guys will continue the support. They've now got a landlord that they've got to appease, too. But blessings in disguise. Thank you so much for the support. Enjoy the trip report. And then our regularly scheduled episode. Come here!
2: We have the best Congress.
3: (laughs) We do. That was awesome.
2: Yeah, these guys will approve anything. Yeah. Thanks, and they Phil. make the jingles too. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Phil is actually gonna join us a little bit later. Right on. And do his uh his account <gasps> first hand. So I won't fuck with you on the black budget stream or Remember? You won't you won't fuck with me on the black budget yeah, stream? I don't have anything to well let's tell everybody ready. what this is, right? This is the trip report episode. That's right. I'm gonna do another tripping episode soon too. Yeah. I talked to Joey. He's ready to come out of retirement. Eat some mushrooms. So
3: you're going to do a road trip on mushrooms? Like yeah, a we'll
2: video it. Yeah. we will. Maybe we could video what we'll we're video seeing. We'll video some of it, yeah. Not me, but what we're seeing, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of you. No, you're not videoing it. No? No. So, not happening.
3: Are you going to get us started by playing a Trip Report jingle? or? So Darren's going to talk about his Trip Report, actually. The one that's the, the long-awaited, the four-year-awaited Trip Report. His almost near-death experience on multiple substances. And I'd like to say a disclaimer first before we even get into this. Sure. That we don't, we're not glorifying this, any drug use at all. Although we do recognize there's healing, you know, there's healing properties to some of this and there's healing that can happen to some of this, but people should have sovereignty over their own consciousness. So I don't think we're like, we're for or against it. Right. So this isn't to glorify it. It's just to maybe share people's experiences on this. And most of them are positive, but obviously some are negative. Maybe scare some people away. Maybe. Maybe yours might scare some people away.
4: Right, American Trip Report.
2: <laughs> Maybe I should do the other one.
4: Psychedelics are catalysts of consciousness.
3: That's an amazing jingle. That's an amazing We should though. we should say we have Cause here in the studio as well. He's here. Is it a trip
2: report for us, Cause? No, I don't. But I'm glad to sit in. Right on. Are you gonna go first? I think we should say bye to the end well,
3: well, no, we should probably just kind mix it, it in it. with some mix it in with some others because we're gonna we're gonna do some listener trip reports as well in this episode.
2: Yeah, well, you go. first. I don't
3: really, honestly, I don't really have any good ones.
2: But you people are expecting what from me
3: for me yeah well when we we used to do we used to do acid right and have l s d parties or whatever, and we used to do it in birch Bay, which was this little this little coastal town oh, yeah. with a really long beach and uh So, I mean, I don't have any, like, you know, like, experiences with the oneness and the, you know, machine elves or anything like that. But, I mean, we used to speech all the time, right, when we were high, even if it was just just doobies or acid or whatever, right? And we'd just speech with each other. We'd get into these, like, speeches, and then we'd be—we'd be come back to the present. We'd be like, okay, I'm back, I'm back. You know, you're back. You know, we'd, like, sort of come back. We always had these profound things to say, right? Just kind of open up your mind in a way. So we are walking out in the— in the water from like for quite a while and we're tripping out. Walking out there, walking out there for for ages, and we end up and I and I hate the seaweed, right? Yeah. I don't like the seaweed. That's like cool. my wife. So we end up in the middle she of wants uh, to swim
2: here because of the weeds.
3: So we're we're just chatting and we're tripping out and all and then we come to come back to the moment. Mm-hmm. And we're miles out of, on the shore. Like, cause this this beach goes out, out, out. <laughs> And all I see around me is weeds everywhere. This <laughs> shows you. I didn't even notice walking through oh, them yeah. on the way out. And then all I see all around me is weeds were stuck like a miles out amongst the weeds. Yeah. Pretty funny. And then we just tripped. I, I i saw some mild hallucinations of stuff in the clouds, like scenery in the clouds, like rivers mm-hmm. and streams and forests and stuff in the clouds. Because it was pretty pretty cool scape right over the ocean there. Right. So that's the one that comes to mind, but yeah, other than that I don't have any real profound ones. That's probably better than mine. I had I had a problem with uh I didn't use it with reverence at all. So that's why I hesitate like talking about this, right? Because it can be damaging, right? If you don't use it with reverence and you just do it to party, like most of the time I would take mushrooms or LSD I was hammered already. And then that was just a nightmare. I couldn't even function. Right. Right? So I mean Part of the problem was I just didn't have any control over my use back then. My trip report later was the same scenario. Yeah, with multiple things, like drunk, d- being drunk.
2: Uh, yeah, I wasn't even that drunk, I don't think. I don't know, I was blocked out for a while. Yeah. Failed's ready, though, so we'll go to him first.
3: Right on, so we got failed here. Who was uh, the creator of the opening jingle?
2: Yeah, the jingle, in cou- Ecoutrement. No, that would only be if we played it in between trip reports. Hey, I thought we're not supposed to hear this motherfucker ring. Does that only work on Skype? Maybe. Hello. Hey, buddy. Welcome aboard. Hi. You're live.
5: Live. Well, not live. You're live to listen. tape. Yeah. <laughs> live, so we can clip it out later. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I was gonna read oh. your. I was gonna read your. Uh, your trip report here on, uh, on the show. But now that you're here, you can say it in person. That's great.
5: Yeah, it's awesome.
2: Are it's you on the side career. of the road right now?
5: Uh, I, I was just about to get to my lease and I'm at the cattle gate fence. So I just parked and turned the truck off and we're going to do this. <laughs> nice. Perfect. All good. Yeah. Working on a Sunday. Oh. going
2: to make that money. You got to pump that oil.
5: That oil, that hey, carbon, hey. sweet, sweet carbon guilt.
3: Pay that carbon tax.
5: An yeah, extra load a day <laughs> yeah. to cover the tax.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: you'll, you'll be happy to hear the next episode that comes out. You'll be, uh, well, this, this episode probably won't even be out then, but you'll be happy to hear being a fellow Albertan of my C SETI experience. Probably, uh was it, probably between. Between Red Deer and Calgary, out
2: west, about a half hour. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Nobody cares about your sea city, bro.
5: <laughs> okay. Oh, that's cool. I, I'd, I'd do it, too. Go uh, go in the fields and camp out all night and wait for UFOs. It sounds like an awesome idea.
2: That's right.
3: That's Ground what we did. It was fucking beautiful.
2: Yeah. Sea city sleepover.
5: <laughs> <laughs> said, sleep over
3: in the woods. Yeah. Oh, the stars were, nice. it was It was bright, it was dark and bright stars were awesome. Oh, yeah, probably because it was a new moon. They time it around a new moon, so oh, yeah. it's like that. And it, well, It's a new moon today. Yeah.
5: So. Right on. Well, you guys get, get the northern the... lights down there? A little Sometimes. bit. Yeah. Man, it's all, good. when that's going good, it, there's lots of northern lights up here in the middle of butt-fuck nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) You bet. (coughs) Yeah. Northern Alberta. I love
2: it. I used to tour up that way when I was on the rigs. Bonneville, Elk River, all up around there. Cold Lake. Yeah. Well, let's hear it, buddy. Let's hear your trip report. All
5: right. Trip report. So, I'll just yeah, I'll go through it. Me and my buddies decided that it would be a, a good idea to procure a large amount of um, marijuana. And instead of that, we got a large amount of mushrooms. Oh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, I was talking to the, the the person and he got me confused So I ended up with a lot of mushrooms. And so when I went and got it, everybody was at the house waiting for me to get back and then brought back the shrooms. I was like, well, I guess we're doing shrooms tonight, guys. (laughs) 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 And so they're all looking at me like, half of us, or most of them did it. I was the only one that didn't do any before. So uh, they tricked me into taking a very large amount, which was, I'd say roughly... Nine, ten grams of shroom. <laughs> Holy
3: shit. <laughs> that was your first time?
5: That was my first time. Yeah, super dose to me. Wow. Jump in the pool? Uh,
3: that's a super dose oh, yeah. to most people. Yeah, that's a super, super dose to the hardened veterans.
5: Yes. Well, they made a pile and they said, well, go for it. And it was like a mountain shroom, so I ate it all. And then and then they, they, they put all of their mountains back in the pile and took out each a cap and a stem and they're like okay well this will do us i'm like oh i'm like okay well let's see what happens i guess but it's funny because they were puking up all the mushrooms and i didn't at all (laughs) So, so i yeah anyway uh to the trip we were sitting at the couch and watching tv and i remember it was uh house and they were uh it was the episode where they are taking worms out of intestines, and I could not handle that because uh, then I started to feel worms inside of me. So then we went outside and the walls were melting in the house, so we had to get outside. And when we got outside, the everything was foggy, like super, super fog. Uh, so much that when you were walking, you could only see about six feet in front of you. And to us, we're all like, 17, 18 years old, it looked like we were walking in a video game and uncovering the map, right? So we ended up walking into a soccer field following this fence, and uh, we got to the goalpost, and we were completely awestruck by this magnificent structure that stood before (laughs) us for some reason. (laughs) The monolith. Yeah, it was like a monolith or something. I don't remember a whole lot of, like, the the sights and sounds of it because it was uh, a lot of dose, but I remember most of it, most of it. Um, So at that point is where the group split up because everybody was starting to get paranoid that the police were going to come after us because there was five of us in a small town, you know, tripping out. So four of them went back and I didn't want to (laughs) leave. So they left me there. Which is great, great friendships, right? <laughs> so I ended up, found uh, myself at a barbed wire fence, and then I just kept following the barbed wire fence. When by this point I was out of town and close to a farmer's field, and I was following the border of his field, and then I ended up talking to ducks for a while. What you uh, These talk ducks about? were swimming around. They, they were swimming around me. Everybody always asked me that, like, what did the duck say? All they said was, Welcome to our house. This is our home. This is where we live. We're, we know we're starting a family. Everything's cool. It was the oddest experience. There like, was nothing profound. It was just like talking to people. And then that's when I realized I was waist deep in water and mud. <laughs> so I kept walking. And I made it to a stop sign and I was staring at the stop sign for a while and then it just kinda turned and looked at me. And then it started talking to me. <laughs> Which is the oddest experience because it was just telling me that, hey, I'm just a stop sign and I I stop people. Sometimes they don't stop. <laughs> Sometimes they pile up behind me, but I can't bother, I can't I can't look because I feel bad because they should have listened to me and didn't, right? <laughs> That kind of lining, I'm just, oh, okay, that's really awesome. And then um, by this point, I realized where it was. I was just on the outskirts of town, which a town of 8,000 people is not that big. So I decided that I would go back to the house that we started at. And while I was walking back, I saw a police officer driving around. And... Me, I was like, okay, keep it cool. I'm not going to notice anything. I'm just going to keep walking. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm covered head to toe in mud. <laughs> 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 Why he didn't just stop to ask me, like, hey, what's going on, right? But he just kind of looked at me and probably thought, this guys having a bad day. So just <laughs> this is like midnight. I'm covered head to toe in mud. <laughs> so. I kept walking, he kept driving, it was all good. I made it back to the house, nobody was there. So, to me, I was like, well, they must have had a, their own adventure. I don't know. I ended up uh, trying to bake a pizza, which I put the frozen pizza box in the oven, and then I didn't turn anything on. I took all my clothes off and passed out bare on the floor covering the entire house in mud. Well, good thing and you didn't turn on that, that oven. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's a good thing. I didn't do that. But that's about the, the experience I had with the first time. Because yeah, I think it was just so so much to take in that I don't really remember much of the sights and sounds and stuff. But the the second time, definitely more of a... uh. Into the mind trip, which was basically just sitting there and thinking about my spot in the universe and how small I was. And I felt myself getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until I felt like a grain of sand, you know. And then contemplating uh, police officers able to uh, arrest you and throw you in a box for the rest of your life just blew my mind. And then I kind of, that's about the extent of that trip that I remember. But yeah, definitely interesting times. Um, Sounds like fun. And this, is, this this all happened when I wasn't, quote-unquote, woken from, you know, all of this new information that we have these days. So I couldn't imagine what I would come up with if I did it nowadays. Yeah, that might be different. Yeah. I, I think it would just completely fry me.
3: Well, I'm glad you didn't turn the oven on because my my neighbor did that. He put a pizza box in the oven and it caused a fire in his house. It was brutal. The pizza box is
5: just on fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Litter all up. Right, so, play. how long
3: ago was this? Like, how how old are you now?
5: No, I'm 31, and this happened about um, so like 13, 19, yeah, 14 yeah, like 18, years ago. 19 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. He was definitely a, a young kid experimenting more than a profound uh, profound mind-changing experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, buddy. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, thanks for taking so, time out of your busy day to call in and tell us about your trip.
5: Thanks,
2: like fun. We all crewed around the province.
5: Not around the province, just around my little uh, um, 200-square-kilometer area of oil. Oil country. Oil country, Country.
2: yep. Hold on, buddy, we'll let you get back to it.
5: All right, I'll let you get back to your rest of the show.
2: Okay, Failed, have a good one, bro.
5: Failed is out, have a good
2: one. A big thanks to Failed for coming on the show. Telling us all about his uh, trip reports. What's next? You want to read one? Yeah, I got one. Okay. Do you want to do another jingle or anything?
3: Or do you have a nice jingle that what we haven't really ever
2: done? Have? The two jingles. Is that all we
3: have for trip report jingles? Maybe
2: we could do like a... Uh... And
6: now another edition of the great American goodies <laughs> by the people. Yeah,
2: cause to read it.
3: This is a good one. This is from uh you can yeah, you can read the other one the other ones if you want. Yeah. This is from Ryan. Uh and he says, I almost lost I actually almost lost this one, so gotta make sure it gets in here. He says, Hey Graham, Ryan from Kansas again. I'm sending you a copy of the trip report slash synchro that I sent you that you said you misplaced on episode two twenty eight. <laughs> Don't lose it this time. Looking forward to hearing it on the air and getting some reactions. Oh, I see a Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, here you go. Well, I promised you a trip report slash synchro in my previous emails pending a donation. So, tell Darren I sent him 10 bucks so he will bump up my score a little bit. And I will send more after tax season, I swear. I'm a
4: rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about
6: everyone, and don't believe it yet.
3: If I remember right, it gets pretty heavy, this one, so So stay with us. I've been mulling this over for several days, and I think I should just put it out there and stop trying to find the right words. As I'm sure you guys know from personal experience, trying to explain a trip or a synchro is much like explaining a dream. It often falls flat and fails to convey the feeling. But what the hell, here goes, forgive me if I ramble. Okay, the year was 1997. It was springtime, about a month before my 18th birthday, just to set the scene. I was a long-haired white kid that listened to classic rock and things like Primus, Clutch, and Alice in Chains. My best friend was a 6-foot-tall, 300-pound Mexican that listened to Method Man, Scarface, and shit like that. I converted him to my taste in music eventually, not that it matters... Anyway, by this time we had been smoking pot and taking psychedelics for a few years, and we weren't we were what I would consider fairly experienced pilots in the realm of tripping. We had at least a couple of times before eaten too many mushrooms or taken too much acid. Nothing irresponsible, but definitely past that point of ego death a couple times before this time. In our little town in the nineties, there was plenty of high quality mushrooms and acid to be found. People seemed to take pride in the quality back then. It was a different time. So as much as we had in our possession, a 10 strip of white blotter, this is what we ended up splitting. I would guess it was somewhere north of 500 microgram dose each, probably more, and it was definitely high quality blotter acid. This quickly became apparent within 20 minutes after dosing. As I said, it was 97, springtime, and it just dawned on me that this was exactly 20 years ago. Holy shit. It was a cool, wet Friday night, not great for dragging around Maine or anything. So I was at my girlfriend's house, and Alex, my best friend, came over to find me. My girlfriend, who I later ended up marrying, was older than me by eight years. So she had her own house where my friends often hung out. She was also Mexican, but unlike my friend, spoke almost zero Spanish. Less than me, who took one semester of Spanish and got a C-minus. This is important to point out because it plays in later in the story. I'm not just throwing random facts out there like it kind of sounds like I know. Hang in there. I'm not trying to write a novel, but this is fucking hard. There's a lot of details at play that at play here at the end, being more of a synchronicity at the end of this trip report. So, cool, wet Friday night, April 20th, years 20 years ago. My first-generation Mexican-American best bud, Alex Alejandro, and I are at my older girlfriend's house, and she's been all responsible and say she's going upstairs and go to sleep so she can get up for work early in the morning, leaving us to hang out downstairs. We smoke a bowl, watch some TV, bullshit a while, and sometime after 10, Alex says, okay, let's take that acid. I say, you mean the acid we brought for the concert in May? He says, yeah, fuck it, let's do it now. I say, it's a 10 strip. What about everybody else who's going to the concert? We're just going to watch them all trip and be asked out? Alex says, nah, fuck them them too. Let's split it. We can get more for the concert. I was quiet for a minute, having paid for it all myself. I didn't feel guilty about doing what I wanted, but it was a little wary of taking five hits of what I knew was good shit. I wasn't a complete dumbass even then. But the words came out of my mouth anyway. All right, you fat bastard, let's do it then. So we did. But first we walked to the quick shop and each grabbed a gallon of orange juice because for some reason that was the thing to do at the time when you took acid. Drink orange juice. Cigarettes, random munchies, and all the necessary extras. Back to the house, take five big hits, smoke a joint, then wait. It's probably close to 10.30 by this point. Ten minutes in, stoned, but not tripping yet when we remember the importance of setting... We were so busy making sure we collected all the other necessary gear, we weren't really concentrating on where we intended to trip so heavily. My girlfriend's house at the time was a huge old house in the oldest part of town. It was built up as a boarding house in the late 1800s and had since been turned into a single residence with huge spiral staircase and had fallen into disrepair and was being used as a rental. Not a total shithole, but pretty close to it. Huge for the cost of rent and spooky as shit, especially for a couple of guys who wholeheartedly believed in spirits and ghosts and knew for a fact that this place had some some bad vibes and a lot of history. We just did not have the capacity to deal with it in an altered state we would quite soon find ourselves in. So we sprang into action but quickly realized there was nowhere else to go. I grabbed the keys to my girlfriend's van, which sat out on the road a little ways from the house. Orange juice, cigarettes, weed, bowl, lighter, munchies, check, check, check. We walked out the front door, just as that queasy feeling hits hits us in the stomach. Down the sidewalk, get in the van. Keys in the ignition, the engine rumbles to life like some kind of violent alchemy experiment. The radio screams. This Friday and Saturday, only at Mel Hamilton Ford. I quickly turn it down, leaving only the sinister rumble of the two-ton steel juggernaut. I'm about to drive aimlessly into my oncoming trip. And it's coming, quickly. We both stare blankly at the dash for a few seconds, and then Alex says, Where are we going? I say, absently, fuck bro, I have no idea anywhere but that house. He says, yeah, let's not do that then. This shit's got right on top of me. Let's just chill here in the van. That didn't seem like a terrible idea to me, really. I turn off the van, quiet street, nobody bothers us. Full-size, two-ton, brown conversion van with captain's chairs and a table. It makes sense sense somehow. We suddenly feel safe enough and settled in. I light a smoke and Alex says, fuck, man, it's coming on. I think we took too much. (laughs) I say, relax, pussy, this was your idea. We are cool, don't fight it. Buy the ticket, take the ride, right, man? To which Alex simply replies, "'Oh, fuck. I silently agree. Oh, fuck, indeed.'" It's around 11 p.m. at this point. The waves start to hit us with perfect rhythm, steadily increasing in strength, quickly past the point of too much, past the point of fear, to somewhere else. I went from talking shit to white knuckles on the steering wheel and then to awestruck in the matter of a few minutes. Alex as well, from all appearances, the trip was still rising steadily like a roller coaster, but we hit some kind of plateau and began to uh, conversate. An hour or so must have passed as we talked, all the while, steady throbbing sound like a heartbeat rising along with the trip. I assume it's just me as the pulse starts to flicker in my vision. We continue talking about the conversation. No, we continue talking and the conversation starts to mash together in a mix of mostly English sprinkled with Spanish and German. That's how we talk to each other around other people to keep them from understanding exactly what we're saying. And we do it quite often. But at this point, we start finishing each other's sentences and talking over each other. The pulsing sound and flashing visuals that go along starts to increase as we realize we cannot say anything that isn't at the very same moment coming out of the other's mouth. It's almost like suddenly we have tuned both our brains to the same frequency. We tried for a few minutes, but it was impossible to make up a sentence that the other one couldn't complete. We laughed so hard and tried some more, and the pulse and visuals became more insistent. This is where it gets weird. One of us, or both of us, thought. You see it, right? Yes. And you hear it? Of course. Focus on it. We did. Nothing changed. We looked at each other. Mistake. Both suddenly realized neither of us had said anything in the last few minutes. And that it had gone past the point of not being able to say anything that the other didn't already know, but we were thinking the same things, communicating telepathically somehow, instantly. There was then a string of thoughts, which I can only describe as shared and almost instant. It went something like this. It's the other side. It's a different plane. Astral projection. We have to come to it. From opposing angles and directions. So we did. Suddenly, we are somewhere that I can only describe as something like the restaurant at the end of the universe. The pulsing vibrations and visuals became clear and formed a whole picture. It was like watching the Big Bang from a distance over and over from the beginning to the end in one second. Thump, 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 thump. Two beats there, one beat in the van, over and over. At this point, it gets really hard to describe what it felt like. We saw things and learned things I cannot even begin to put into words. There are no words. I had never experienced anything like it before or since. It just felt like watching through God's eyes, whatever that means. Then we tried to change things, initially, innocently enough, just enough to change something in the real world, something we could observe after we came down from our trip to know if it was real. Then I remember feeling Alex suddenly shift away in his mind and say, My dad! My heart lurched as fear struck me hard out of nowhere. I knew what he meant. His father wasn't standing outside the van. His father was dead. He had been killed by a machine where he worked when Alex was young. And Alex intended to change that. As this dawned on me and the fear swelled, Something like a sledgehammer hit me right in the middle of the chest and knocked me clear of the shared vision we were having back in the van. Disorientated and confused, I look over at Alex. He looks just as screwed and confused. The violence with which what we were spit out was unexplainable. All right. I'm guessing by now you're probably trying to pick the synchronicity out of this rambling trip report, but I haven't quite got there yet. I hope you're still with me. Just taking a little break here. That's interesting. eh? You're
2: taking a breather. (laughs) Is that hard work?
3: It reminds me of some of ours, right? Where we're where we're in sync, and we're and like I was talking about how we're tripping. We call it speeching, right? You're speeching, speeching, and then you're. And then one guy would be doing, the, and the other guy would be like, come back, come back, come back. And he'd be yeah, like, okay, yeah. I'm back, I'm back. And he'd be like,
2: back to reality, right? I think that's And these like, guys
3: were so deep, they got kicked back out with some violent, like, violent thing,
2: right? Yeah, yeah I think that's an LSD thing specifically, too. It,
3: it might, yeah, it might be more so than mushrooms, I think.
2: All right. Okay, get back to work, Ron. This is for okay. the paid audience. Okay. Don't be taking breaks. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. So we are now fully back in the van. Back in the van. I just made that up. Still tripping balls, but back on earth. Back in the now. See? That's what I was talking about. No longer telepathically tied. It feels like we already peaked. Feels like we've already peaked. Collecting my wits, I flip the ignition to accessory and see what time it is. 4.54. I remember it as plain as day. We both stared dumbly at it for a few minutes. Over five hours. What the fuck? We look around the van, uneaten munchies (laughs) and nearly full gallons of orange juice on the floor next to the passenger and driver's seat that we evidently never moved from. I reached in my pocket and pulled out the loaded bowl we never had a chance to smoke. I light it, take a long (laughs) pull off it and hand it to Alex. He takes a couple of hits and I light a cigarette and drink some orange juice. I rub my eyes to counteract the light dancing in the windshield from the streetlight and the misty rain. Alex says, let's go back in the house. I need to use the bathroom. We go, still tripping hard. We know the dangers of getting lost in the mirror of a bathroom. And like a lot of people, we don't want to be out of the presence of our trip buddy for very long. As he runs off to the bathroom, I stand stupidly in the living room, staring up at the Dr. Seuss-inspired grand spiral staircase that wraps up the front hall, thinking to myself... Oh shit, it was a mistake to come in here. That's when I hear my girlfriend scream my name from upstairs. The terror and confusion in her voice cuts through me like a knife. I bound up the stairs two at a time and burst into the bedroom, expecting to find an intruder or a demon attacking my girlfriend. She sits up confused and says my name again. I say, babe, what's wrong? What happened? Through half asleep, terrified tears, she says to me, Is it real? Is it really happening? I say, what, honey? You're having a nightmare. It's okay. No, no, no. It's still happening, she wails. The explosions, they keep happening over and over. We keep dying. We're going to die because we made a mistake. We can't change it. It's at this point I realized she was not really awake. She didn't sound like herself. She was describing the trip I had just experienced in the form of a nightmare. I got quiet. And so did she. And a slow scream rose up in the back of my mind as I turned to look through the doorway. Alex standing wide-eyed, halfway up the stairs, just far enough to look over the landing into the bedroom. He had presumably heard everything at this point, and I told him, come here. He just as quickly replied, fuck you, (laughs) you come here now. I made a gesture that conveyed something like, come here, you pussy, and he very reluctantly did so. I had to make sure he had heard what I heard. Then I turn to my girlfriend, who has calmed and looks like she is half asleep, and say, Tell Alex exactly what you told me. She does, almost word for word, although with less tears and more calm in a very creepy way. Alex goes pale, wide eyed. Evidently, he hadn't heard what was said the first time in its entirety. Alex stands up, points quickly at me and himself, and says, You, me, downstairs now, and heads for the stairs. I look at my girlfriend. She doesn't look right. She looks like a sleepwalker, half sitting up, eyes glazed. I move towards her and say, lay down, honey. It was a nightmare. Go back to sleep. You have to be up in two hours. She ignores me or doesn't hear me. And then in a flat, menacing voice I've never heard from her since, she says quietly. almost quite clearly. Oh, now it's in Spanish. Que esperab-
4: Esperabas.
3: Que esperabas? Que pasara, Alejandro? Translating, this means basically, What did you expect to happen, Alex? Alex stopped at the head of the stairs and said over his shoulder, We have to go now. Come now. So we did. I backed out slowly and she laid back on the pillow and we flew down the stairs. I left the van keys on the table when we went out the door and recovered our gear from the van and looked up. Uh, and locked it up and took a walk into the daybreak. Now, remember way back in the beginning, I stated that she does not speak Spanish even to this day. Alex and I both understood it, though. We both understood what it meant as well. It was with her for 10 years after that. No, I was with her for 10 years after that. Half that time married to her, and in all that time and all the conversations we had about that night, I never got the impression that she was fucking with us. In fact, she doesn't even really remember it happening except that she remembers having a nightmare like that. She didn't remember me coming up the stairs or Alex for that matter. She doesn't remember any of it, really, except for a vague nightmare. About two years later, my best buddy Alex literally blew his head off with a 357 Magnum. That's kind of all I have to say about that except to say that that day we were a lot closer and I still miss him like a phantom limb. My ex-wife and I divorced in 2007 and I haven't spoke about this experience or really even thought about it much in depth in a long time but the pulse is still with me in the back of my mind. I can concentrate and feel it throbbing even now. I've always been a firm believer that you don't really come back from a heavy acid or mushroom trip. You just learn to deal with it and adjust. I would say with this particular trip that's true for sure. I stopped taking psychedelics for the most part around 2000. I have taken mushrooms twice in the years since then. The last time was about 5 years ago. And I only took acid a few more times after that incident before Alex died. I have some pretty heavy trips. I could give you on good trip reports on nothing, but nothing like this one. I smoked a lot of pot in the years, but I really don't do much of anything else. Don't even drink for the most part. A couple times a year, weddings, funerals, you know. So that's, that's that. I should wrap up. I swear in my life, everything I wrote was the honest truth as I remember it. No embellishment. I actually trimmed the dialogue back quite a bit. I remember that entire trip like it was a movie that I've seen a thousand times. I don't really expect a serious rating or even for you to read this train wreck on the air, but if you do, thanks in advance for sharing. Ryan from Kansas.
2: It's a pretty tough one to rate. Uh,
3: Yeah, I don't think you need to rate it. I mean, mean, it is... It's pretty crazy how if he was that connected with his girlfriend that she picked up on all that. I mean, and they're in this other dimension and maybe she's in her dream, which is somehow connected to that. Like it gets pretty.
2: Or they're sucked into her dream. Yeah. Or that. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Through that. I mean, yeah. Through that connection. It's pretty crazy. But I can see how they would be, you know, finishing each other's sentence and somehow like the almost like they were vibrating at the same frequency and connected somehow. Yeah. Cray cray. Yeah, I love the part about how five hours has gone by and they didn't even touch their shit.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It's now good to go. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Finally got a chance to read that monster.
2: Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Is that all you got?
3: No, I got some more, man. I got, uh, well, actually,
2: I got a couple big ones here, too. I'll get into mine now. I know I get it out of the way. Okay, let's do that. Then yeah, give me a break. So it must have been like 10 years ago now, pretty close to. And uh, <clears throat> definitely no reverence behind it. We were partying. And I wasn't even planning on doing any the L- 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 acid or LSD or whatever. I was just, I had some ecstasy. And I couldn't get, I had to get 25. That was the minimum I could buy or whatever. So I was like, okay, whatever. They were cheap enough. 25 what? They hit? Yeah, of ecstasy. Right. And uh, so me and a couple of buddies are like, okay, well, we'll take a few of these. We'll head down to the bar. So we took one each and uh, wasn't kicking in. And the cab was coming. I remember we, we only had one drink. I had one drink of spiced rum. We're drinking that. And the cab's coming, it's not kicking. We're like, oh, let's try crushing one up. So we crush a couple up. And my one buddy's like, no, he's not having any part of it the other two of us are like, okay, well, whatever. So we try sniffing a little. We heard it kind of kicks it in faster. Then the cab pulls up and uh, I hopped in. I must have had still like 18 hits ecstasy on me. And uh, I remember hopping in the cab and like playing the drums on the back of the passenger seat. And like pulling out of my little cul-de-sac. And then like, poof, fucking nothing. Like nothing, no drinking, just boom, too much fucking ecstasy. Probably lucky I didn't die right there. What do there.
3: you mean by nothing? Like nothing as blocked
2: out. You blocked like, out? Yeah, for like probably like six or seven hours. Oh. At this time, I remember it, like the sun was still up, and we were just heading down out for the night. So I'm guessing it was probably like seven or eight o'clock PM, and maybe nine at the latest. And then I like boom, nothing. I don't remember being at the bar. Don't remember any of that and i like i sort of shuffle back into reality and i'm at this like it's pitch black i'm in this like living room at this house party crazy techno playing and there's like i don't know anybody not one not one person
3: what about the people you went with
2: they're gone.
3: They're gone. <laughs> they're so gone. this is when he came to like yeah, so you gone. so you come to the moment so this is him coming back. Yeah. Fade in. Did you hear Pardon. you ever heard that your soul leaves your body like that's actually your soul like when you get when you go blackout I just heard a podcast yesterday or today about that.
2: Talking about that. And they
3: say like when that's, when you get blacked out, that's your spirit or your soul, like, going, fuck this, I've had enough, like, I'm huh. leaving, and that's you, like, you're, and who knows if you get taken over or whatever, but. Just lost yeah. time. You're too fucked for your soul to even stick around. So it's probably, like, 2.30 in the morning, anyway, at this And so, so you come to, you're back to the
2: moment at this party. Yeah, and I could turn on, I'm sitting there with a couple of people, and this girl has acid, and she's like, <laughs> and I, like, come too, <laughs> and I, like. Look down at my hand, and I've got a couple hits of acid and a couple hits of ecstasy in my hand, and we're talking about how we trade it. I just gave her my last two hits of ecstasy for two, or this was my last four hits of ecstasy, and she had four hits acid, so it was called candy flipping. So like just as I come back in reality, I'm like, "Pop. <laughs> All of it or what? Yeah, But <laughs> well, four, I had two hits acid yeah. and two hits of E
3: both in the same thing, like yeah. in the same mouthful.
2: Yeah. And then I'm like, as oh I'm waiting God. for this shit to kick in, I'm like, okay, trying to get to know my surroundings. And I guess I had met all these people at the bar cause I was just handing out actually like candy. Yeah, oh,
3: exactly. Yeah. That's how you get, that's <laughs> how you get invited <laughs> like, <"Hey>, back. <laughs> <like> see- <laughs> nice way to make friends.
2: Um. So yeah. And then I remember like going around and having some conversations with some people and I'm like little celebrity almost because i was giving everybody ecstasy so everybody loves me Um, and they're all just tripping you know kind of getting going on some ecstasy and i remember so now the acid's starting to creep up on me and i'm I'm certain that all these people you know it starts turning on me i'm like okay all these people they're gonna get they're up to something (laughs) they got me back here it's fucking There's something fucking up. That's the
3: that's the bad part about the acid, right? Is it gets you that paranoid? Like you get that, you can get that paranoid thing going.
2: on. Yes, I'm like fuck. I'm like, what am I going to do? They're going to get me. And I remember it took me like an hour. People like, you okay? I'm like, (laughs) you okay, bro? And I'm like, yeah, man, (laughs) I'm okay. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, just like beside myself that these people are going to get me. It's just like probably these are the nicest people. You know, the funny thing is I've never seen any of them since. Two of them I ran into at a bar one time and we talked for, like, two seconds and that was it. So no, like, relationships were formed or anything like that. So I start thinking, yeah, it's all, like, coming at me again. And I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, these people are going to kill me. I got to get the fuck out of here. So I'm like, how am I going to get out of here? So I'm, like, trying to run through my head, plot through all the different ways I can get out of this fucking party. And I'm like, I've already, like, scoped out the porch figured out where my shoes are in the pile. And so like, finally the guy I'm talking to is like, you, are you okay, man? I'm like, yeah, he's like, okay, I'm just going to run to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, this is my chance. <laughs> and buddy like gets up and it's like the song stops playing at the same time too. Oh. And fucking like, this guy goes, gets up to go to the bathroom. So he hits the hall. I like get up and I like run to the porch and everyone's like looking at me. And I like, Grab my shoes, and I don't even fucking, like, stop to put them on. I just, like, look behind me, "Eh," and I'm, like, out the door (laughs) in my fucking socks. And I'm fucking down the road, man. I ran fucking probably, like, three blocks before I stopped to even put my shoes on. Don't even know. And I'm, like, I realize I don't even know where the fuck I am. Like, what part of the city? And it's, like, it's going to take... This is before smartphones and shit. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, like, I've got a flip phone in my pocket. That's it. And I'm trying to figure out... Actually, you know what? At that time, I don't even think I had a cell phone or my cell phone was lost because I couldn't call a cab. So I'm like wandering around and I'm trying to figure out if I have any money. Luckily, I've still got my wallet and I figure out, you know, I'm somewhere in the southwest of Calgary. So I'm like, OK. So I walk for what seems like an hour before I get to like 17th Ave where there's some like, taxis or businesses or phones or something, and the sun's, like, just starting to come up, and I'm like, wow. And I remember, like, I flagged down a cab, and we are like, driving, out. I lived way out on the east side of town, so we're, like, driving out 16th Ave, so there's no lights or anything, and you're just heading, and the sun's just coming up in this crazy, purpley sort of fucking sunrise, psychedelic sunrise. And I got home, and I'm, like, get that, for a few minutes, I get that feeling of relief that I'm safe. Okay, I made it. And then I'm like, holy fuck, I shouldn't have taken all those drugs. Because it's like, all this has transpired in like an hour. So like my shit isn't even, I'm not even at full speed yet. Yeah. So then I like go into my room and slowly slip into full speed. And I was certain, I'd con- certainly convinced myself that I had fucking taken too much. And you're going to and do- it. Because the ecstasy scares me especially, right? Right. And I was either A, going to OD or B. And so I like sat in the fetal position in the corner of my room there for like 12 hours and waited to die. And then, uh, yeah, I was like way later, it was like 10 o'clock that night. My roommate found me like sketching around the corner looking <sighs> to see if anyone was there to go get a drink of water. He got some food into me. Yeah, I never ate acid again. No. I've never have. No.
3: So you, you, I think you, that you, was
2: almost a warning to me. Like if you fucking do acid again, something's going to go wrong. You gotta, or something. I mean, it was probably telling me to quit drinking. Cause I ended up in the hospital a couple of times after that. Cause of my shenanigans with drug, with alcohol and drugs. Right?
6: Yeah.
2: Before I, cause that was before I must've been almost, that was 10 years ago, probably. So that was yeah. before I had a family or kids, you know, I was still yeah. in my early twenties. Yeah. And then, uh, so you know now I've quit and all that stuff. Yeah, that could have been a heads But it probably would have but... benefited me a whole lot of photo because I was probably three four years before I did, and I probably could have done better to quit then.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Huh. Insane. Actually, I haven't done either of them since.
3: So did you did you I've think like, done
2: ecstasy again? You just thought
3: you were going to die. You're like this. Well, at is the time it? I like... was
2: doing, you know what? It probably is, at the time I was doing a lot of ecstasy too. Right. And since that night, I haven't gone near either of them again. Mm-hmm. So it could have even been the LSD telling me to stay away from the ecstasy. I don't know. Yeah. But it was a crazy enough experience that I've never gone near.
4: Yeah. It's like that thought in the back of your mind. It yeah, exactly. It's always right? there,
2: right? That feeling of fucking. So then the next die. morning, I had that. Uh, no, the next morning, I didn't have. I didn't get that feeling of productivity either, like I used to. Right? Like when I'm mm-hmm. coming down off acid, usually my Ten in the morning, I'm doing laundry, like running some experiments and yeah. you know, no experiments. But I can be multitasking at an incredible level. Yeah, with just the right amount of LSD left in your system. Yeah, yeah. But maybe microdosing gets you there all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I said, I've never done either of them again, and I probably never will. I will do mushrooms again, probably soon. I'm ready for my pilgrimage. Yeah, An annual it, pilgrimage. it a, a while Bunch of fucking magic mushrooms.
3: We had some pretty crazy uh, ecstasy bad trips as well, where my buddies had to just get out of the bar and walk around downtown or wherever we were. I remember in London, just having to walk around the streets because we were just yeah too uh, too messed up to deal with anybody.
2: Fucked up. I do you want to go ten more minutes? Yeah, one we'll, more. You want to do one more, and we'll wrap it up.
3: Yeah, man, I got well. I got a long. I got this one. If you take a look at it. See if it's too long. Just go. All right. Just go by. All right. So this is from Eric, another supporter of the show. This will be a bit long. He says. Okay. So, oh, it's another combination combo synchro. Okay, I hope this finds you well. This will be a bit long to start. There was a slight synchronicity with this.
1: That this neurosynchronicity
4: occurs when the brains of musicians playing together create a neurological meta-network, according to her. The phenomenon can be described as a kind of communal brain. Brain, 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 brain,
2: brain, brain, brain. brain, brain. That would have been a good jingle to play for the last one. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, where am I here?
3: So this took place, I've been meaning to send you this trip report that took place on July 3rd in Metamora, Indiana. Just hadn't had the time. So I started listening to the Neil Kramer episode, and lo and behold, there's an LSD trip report. So I figured I better go ahead and send in mine, too. Not that I expect it to be read on air, but for your guys' genuine interest. The town in which we took days established in 1838, specifically as a canal town. A part of the canal has been kept alive and is a central feature with the only functioning aqueduct, to my knowledge, in the entire U.S. Most of the buildings, at least along this canal, look pretty close, closely to how they do, did when they were built. About a mile away, on the top of a hill overlooking the town, is a small castle, built in similar style to those of the Knights Templar that were along the pil- pilgrimage paths. The individual who built it, who may even be a good candidate for a guest on this podcast, is an interesting character in and of himself. Check out the trailer for a video to Metamora 2012 and you'll see. He has this ancient golden ornate cross that some spirit or God communicated to him through through that he acquired in South America. And these gemstones he discovered inside a tree that was being cut down and believes they are somehow associated with the opening of a portal in the end times. He also has a museum of oddities in the town and an old three story Oddfellows building. It's a very artsy, artsy, historic town, and the Masonic Lodge that I was warf- worshipful master of in 2015 is also in this town, right along the canal. However, I live about 15, 20 minutes away in the town beyond the castle, in between the town and the castle. There's a river with a big rocky beach area. Okay. My wife and I had taken ours before we left the house so as not to be carrying it on us. They were gel tabs. She had three while I had five. I'd been listening to a lot of Terence McKenna and Graham Hancock and asking the universe, God, energy, whatever term you wish to call it, for guidance, to just show me the right path, and I would do all it took to accomplish it. I believe strongly that entheogens are sacred ways to connect with the other or spirit, and the removal of these sacraments from religion has caused a spiritual drought within the world's major religions. We got to the town, met our friend, and drove over to the entrance to the Stony Beach, and it was kind of a down in a bowl. The full moon shone brightly above us, and for the night before the 4th of July, usually lots of fireworks and big booms, it was extremely quiet. We didn't hear one explosion the entire night. We got to the Stony Beach, and I was feeling it coming on. Our friend lives in this town, and had just taken five before we drove to the Stony Beach so it hadn't started taking effect. This friend then noticed a reddish light way up in the sky and stated that it looked like a drone to my wife, a plane, and to me, a star. The odd thing was it was moving left and right, up and down, but never out of a small area. Stars don't move like this. Planes don't do that, and I've never seen a drone move like that either. It was fluid-like in its movements and seemed as though it was... Messing with me purposefully because it knew I was on acid. And if I tried to tell anybody, I'd be likely they would assume I was hallucinating. So we sat there on the beach, gazing upon it, trying to figure out what it was. I jokingly said aliens. I had a backpack of water and decided to lean back and prop my head on it while looking up at the sky. I felt a numbing, almost paralyzing feeling come over me. And our friend said it was almost like something was keeping us from moving. I heard something that sounded as if it was a vacuum tube collapsing in on itself, and the next thing I remember, we were way down the beach by this ginormous structure that was the foundation for an old bridge walking around. In the dark, it looked like some sort of post-apocalyptic lost civilization, and I had no idea how we got there. My wife assumed we walked, but the more she thought on it, she honestly didn't know either. Our friend just said we must have walked... And didn't really seem interested in the alien hypothesis, or at least not seriously. <sighs> not much into the spiritual, mystical, alien-type stuff on a real level, but I truly believe we experienced what people would consider an abduction. I didn't have my phone, but the moon had moved a considerable amount between sitting there and over by the bridge foundation, so that was the first part. A little later, at the same beachy area, sitting again but looking at the moon, I was meditating. All the lights in the sky seemed to be pulled towards the moon. It got brighter and brighter until my eyes rolled back in my head, but I still saw the light. It continued to intensify until four golden triangles with some sort of hieroglyphs came out of the top of it and folded around the light, encircling in a sphere. My line of sight was inside, the now golden shiny foil-like sphere working as a mirror to further intensify the light. I had to look at the golden foil sphere and not directly at the light. When it finally got bright beyond imagination, my sight broke through and I saw this being that looked almost like an amoeba. It's hard to describe. The closest picture I could find was the flaming eye from Tool artwork, which I have attached. If I tried tool, to gaze... From Tool the Bad? Yeah. If I tried to gaze directly at it, not and not through the golden reflection, I was booted out and had to start over again from the outside. Huh it came across that this was being, this being was the creator, a, cre- a creator, some form of God. I can't say for sure. It was almost as if, it was almost shy, but not quite like that. It wanted all to seek it and know of its creation, but on their own. It was the focus of all vibration, of all light, this one point, the all on a side note, while this was occurring, my jaw was vibrating, which produced a sound out of my mouth, like a wom-wom, or "amishness." But I was doing it myself. I just noticed it. So maybe there was a device created that could be be placed on our jaws and vibrated at whatever rate that was. Maybe, maybe we could all see it, or maybe it was something to do with the "om" from ancient India. At one point, my wife and I were 100%, no questions about it, able to telepathically communicate directly. And at one point, all three of us were, directly, were not directly communicating, but indirectly, the same ideas or thought information seemed to be playing out in our head, like movies. Before this, from, for quite some time, my wife and I had been asking the universe, God, for direction in life, and I had assured her that, it, that I was on, that I was shown the path. I would do everything I could to follow it. Well, when we were walked back to our friend's house, I unlocked the memories of coming to this little town as a child with my grandmother on my mom's side. And I noticed the, how the aqueduct was in major need of repair. The canal is low, the windmill is bogged up, and there are lots of old things that need repair that seems like everyone is just waiting for someone else to do it. Partially because the old guys know, and some of the people have now passed on. So there were two old abandoned buildings that seemed to stick out for us. So I was all fired up that the state had let this happen to this nationally registered historic site. And even more so that the Masonic Lodge I belonged to had allowed this to happen. I was determined to speak with people who would speak with the Grand Lodge people who knew state government people to get this fixed or at least try something. Two days later, I inquired about these things the canal stuff was being fixed. It was just slow process, and the two bit buildings had been sold maybe a week earlier for only $5,000. However, there was another building up for sale on land contract. We looked into it, put all our efforts toward getting a loan for that down payment, racing against several other parties, and we were able to get it. We feel this is part of our path, where we shall open our healing center and live up top. It was built in 1856. It's in great shape and is right on the canal in one of the most prime locations possible. We were able to get the ball rolling, go see the house, get the loan, I have no credit at all, and sign the initial paperwork within four days. We also had to rush as we were leaving for vacation on that Saturday, but were willing to wait if we had to, but didn't need to. However, on our way home, we got... Wow. Uh, However, on our way home, we got rear-ended on the interstate. But got... What does it say? But got... The rental car made it in the rest of the way. Hmm. So hopefully fix our car quickly or totally get out. Get us the funds for a new car. As I said in my first email long ago that, okay, I'm a full-time rideshare driver. Hmm. So we know how it all worked out, though. Maybe send us some good vibes and blah blahs and all that. <laughs> Thanks, Darren and Graham, and sorry for the length. Eric. So I missed that last part, but I think it was um, in regards to his other email to us. Which I would have read. So, uh, very interesting, eh?
2: Yeah, yeah. I like it.
3: Um, what was I going to say there about that? Something profound? Yeah, I doubt it. No. Somehow I doubt it. Oh, yeah. Let us know how this healing center goes. Yeah, let, let us talk know. about. Yeah, I mean, that would be. We'll have you on. Amazing. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll
2: send Graham down.
3: Yeah, we're it's uh, just on the west coast, right? I don't know. Oh, I'll come down to visit. We'll send you somewhere. Yeah, Madam. Oh, it's in Indiana, I think. Oh, that's weird. For some reason, I pictured it being on the West Coast. So, what did you think of that?
4: Uh, so, uh, I dug the, uh, the synchronicity once again with the uh, everybody's the, the the binds, and stuff yeah, connecting. Yeah. yeah, getting
3: the wires crossed again. The time slip
2: and the
3: getting blackout. The wires crossed.
2: Right, lost time again. Yeah, yeah. Oof, oof scary stuff. That's right going to the dark side yeah this trip report's turning into scary scary stuff that's right thanks to to all you guys for buying our time and keeping us on the airwaves yep another little thank you to you guys for supporting the show keeping us ad free sponsor free bullshit free we'll save the rest of the trip reports for the uh yeah we'll do another one yeah well we'll save the rest you got there for the paid uh, for the free audience but you know like mine i wasn't gonna tell on the show i'll never no. tell that one on the show and the next mushroom trips no that shit's gonna be on the show because there's just too many people that listen to that feed no and all these so guys that we read guys that pay and support the show so tell your friends that don't support the show to start supporting the show yeah so and don't all these don't
3: guys, guys give we read? anyone
2: your feed what don't share feeds
3: oh do people do that think, i don't think so
6: no
3: and all the people we read here they're already supporting the show so it's not like we're taking out of
2: the free feed that's right they're the best got anything to add cause
4: just uh thank you for having me on
2: you didn't say much
3: thanks for being here buddy
2: yeah. Yeah, anytime yeah. anytime seriously you can come on the show once in a while if you want we'll find something for you to do
3: All right. So tonight we've got a special episode. We've got Kyle Chevelday off with us from Victoria. Uh, He's a psychologist and he's kind of, we we were introduced by email through sort of a Canadian like CE5 network of people. And you guys have heard us talk about that a lot. He's been studying metaphysics as well and looking into the law of one stuff, which we're going to talk to. So thanks for uh, coming on the show, Kyle.
0: Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks, guys.
3: Yeah, it's great to just hook up with somebody that we've, you know, met through like interests and now we get to talk about it. And I mean, I, I was just reading back to your email that you sent me and you were actually, re- I forgot about this, but you were kind of requesting, like, help me get this word out. But when I read that email, I had, like, shivers and everything. I was like, I got to just see if I can get Kyle on the show. Like, so, yeah, thanks for coming on.
0: No, hey, I mean, happy to do so. And it's kind of funny because um, just in the last year, I'd say I've been approached handful of times to do stuff like this and i've been kind of putting it off and and uh so I, i'm glad that that this opportunity came forward because you're, you're the first time awesome
3: so, well we like being the time.
0: video or video
3: that's good man we like being the testing ground for people that we're fine yeah. with that
2: Graham is a testing ground for all sorts of things i'm sure
3: <laughs> yeah they like using me as a guinea pig we'll, we'll, in all we'll, kinds we'll, of ways so
2: so you guys haven't c5 together yet no we haven't no what's the problem that's okay we'll keep just talking. keep going so
3: yeah. so kyle let's let's start with that maybe the ce5 stuff i mean i've yeah. i've been doing it for quite a while but i haven't like steadily for, except for the last few years but i have noticed like a shift in, in it. i mean do you want to talk a little bit about your victoria group and some of your experiences in that and then we can get into the law of one stuff later
0: yeah i don't mind at all um, i mean it's all linked yeah it is yeah it's all part of the same package—that whole thing called consciousness. So, um, to be honest, I knew nothing about CE five. Uh, I knew I knew nothing about the the meditation protocol or the intention behind it until I watched UnAcknowledged. Yeah. Last, I'd say last summer, last spring. And I assume you guys have seen that pretty yep. obviously. Yeah, I've it, seen yeah. it. Yep.
2: I don't think Darren probably, has, but I saw. I've yeah. seen part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I seen most of it, till the real crying started, and then I just had to. It's too much. <laughs> oh, no, that's right.
6: Yeah. I actually tweeted oh. Richard
2: today or Steven today. I tweeted. DJ? Yeah. Yeah, we we kind of like
3: I'm I'm sort of more of the UFO C5 guy, and Darren's kind of more the like he sort of <laughs> plays like he's not as interested and stuff like that. It's kind of you know. <laughs> I'm gonna drag him out one of these nights.
2: He says I'm not allowed to come because I don't believe. Is that bullshit?
0: <laughs> yeah. You don't believe you're not going to see anything.
2: Okay, so, so there you go.
0: <laughs> Thanks, canal. But then, but then you you could put on that that scientist hat, and try and say that that means it's not real. Exactly. But it, if someone else is seeing it and it's real, yeah, it's like two people being in a situation and one person goes, "Whoa, this is scary, man." And The other person goes, "No, it's not." Are you going to say that one person didn't feel fear and the other person should? You know, like sometimes these situations seem like they're supposed to be really objective. And they can be for certain people that are tuned into it. Yeah, and it gets into quantum physics, too. The observer effect.
3: Yeah. Well, Darren is more ready than, than we think. I mean, they've been requesting that you go out. Like Celia and them have been requesting hmm. your presence lately. So I'm like, I'll get him coming. I'll get him coming. Like, I mean, Darren, it's not like you're a non-believer or anything like that. He's just he's just. Sometimes it's hard to tell if he's playing it up for the show or not, or if he's really just a, a dick about it sometimes.
0: Well, let me put it this way. So I, I, I started watching that unacknowledged video, and uh, I knew nothing about it. I just stumbled across it on Netflix. Well, I didn't even know who Dr. Greer, Stephen Greer is. I so started, I started watching this, and I'm interested in UFOs. I've watched Ancient Aliens since, I think, the first episode. You guys watched that show? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, fantastic, eh? And yeah. I met Sukulos.
2: You know, we met Sukulos. Yeah, we met Von Daniken. That's yeah. kind of part of the reason we started this Actually, this podcast.
3: Of, yeah, that's yeah. how we kind of met and started talking about stuff. Was Ancient Aliens? So,
0: yeah, yeah. That's that's honestly where it started for me. You know, I was involved in meditation and some of that stuff before that, but when I started watching Ancient Aliens, I, it was just interesting, right? You'd see some stuff that you thought you knew before, and then you start seeing it differently or hearing it from different angles. And you hear multiple people talking about similar things from different angles, and you start to go, geez, if this is possibly true, I want to know some of this. And that's essentially CE5. Last, last summer when I watched that documentary, I watched Dr. Greer's, Stephen Greer's stuff, and I thought, is this guy out to lunch? Is this guy a quack? You know, is, uh, is this possibly true? And I watched the documentary with an open mind. Some of it I already knew from watching Ancient Aliens and following some David Wilcox stuff. And and I thought, interesting. And so I delved into it. I I really delved into seeing how legit this guy was, what his background was, if some of the stories are possibly true. And so much of it lined up that I thought, there's something here. And so then I started learning that CE5 protocol, kind of downloaded some of the stuff, read some information he's put out there. And. Um, started, started delving into it and I gotta be honest, guys, I, I started seeing some stuff myself Yeah. when you're, when you're looking up at the stars after doing this protocol. And since I was already someone that meditated quite a bit, it wasn't difficult for me to incorporate that because it is meditation essentially. And I'm, you know, I'm practicing this with a few other people, sometimes doing it on my own, just out, out in the back, looking at the stars And then all of a sudden you're seeing stuff up there that looks like two stars chasing each other and kind of doing different speeds, which satellites shouldn't be doing. (laughs) You'll see stuff going across and make a turn. And you're thinking, whoa, or, you know, the typical flashbulbs.
3: Yeah, we see a lot of flashbulbs.
0: You'll see something going by and all of a sudden, you know, by luck, you could just be looking at it or you could try a laser or even consciously put a thought towards that. And you see this thing going across, and all of a sudden, and I, I even set up my own cameras and stuff. To, uh, am I seeing stuff? some of the stuff was on my own, and I've actually captured flashbulbs events on on my my digital SLR. And you can see five second exposure; it's it's one depth, and then the next five seconds completely different. It could be a solar flare of some sort, or some sort of um, a flare. Of all those things are possible, right? But at the same time, it's just, it's stuff that you can't quite explain. And when you see these things repeatedly from different people, from different angles, it it gets you curious. Yeah. We
3: see some, some nights we've been out, we've seen like dozens and dozens of flash bulbs and some of them are pretty bright just out in the middle of nowhere, like pow. And, uh, and it's hard. Like once you see that many of them, it's just not. It's not a. You know, it's, there's it doesn't no, make sense. Yeah, there's, it doesn't make sense. And it and it seems like it's communicating back and forth. Sometimes we we all start paying attention, and it, it ramps up, or we ask questions, and it and it answers sort of things. So yeah, it's, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and to someone that that hears that and hasn't tried this or explored it, they'll go, "Oh, that sounds that sounds too out there." It's, oof. Oh. Yeah. But you know what? It was. 400 years ago, we were still burning people at the cross for saying that the earth was flat or the earth was round or differences of opinion. So
2: are you saying the earth is flat? What's that? Are you saying the earth is flat?
0: I don't know. What do you think? No, but seriously, it wasn't long ago.
2: No. Well, I mean, we're, so do you think this is like, there's a bunch of people right now that think the earth is flat and you're a psychologist. What do you think? What do you think's up with that?
0: I don't know. That's a whole nother
2: conversation. Yeah. Like, that's not yeah. even going, it's just, yeah. up well, Graham is shape agnostic. So
0: I hope, I hope those people aren't flying too much.
3: So you started seeing stuff right away then once you started doing that, and then you went out to actually do one of your uh, retreats with Greer too, right?
0: Yeah. I went out, did a, a week long retreat in Joshua tree. That was pretty interesting. Um, went out to Calvary once and did one with them, and we saw a whole bunch of flashbulbs. You know, we're talking poof, 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 almost looks like fireworks of 10, 15 flashbulbs going off within 30 seconds and, and, and moving in, in directions that just don't make sense. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of these things someone could easily, it's so easy to debunk these things, right? You can debunk anything. Yeah, You can debunk Western medicine right now. But that's not what it's all about you know being being a researcher being a scientist it's actually getting out there and looking at all the information and then making a decision when you actually understand all the information and so someone's going to sit back and be an armchair an armchair critic over this hey anybody can do that but to actually get out and try this stuff and learn the protocols and see just what the potential of consciousness is that that's where that's where it gets real that's where it gets interesting
2: I mean, when we go out stargazing, we see all that stuff.
3: If I don't know if you see flashbulbs or you, you see fast walkers and like you know things that could be satellites, right? Yeah. Shooting stars. That, but do you see flashbulbs? Yeah. We really? see all sorts of yeah. stuff. I
2: don't know what a flashbulb is, to be honest, but I think uh, I see them.
3: He's. I've only talked about it like fifty times on the show, and he's now he he's says pow pow, pow, pow. pow.
2: No. This is a pow <laughs> pow pow. That doesn't do it for me. <laughs> but I mean, we go out stargazing quite a bit, especially in the you know now that it's. Well, next time, then midnight. start
3: meditating. Just follow the protocols a little bit. and then, the and then. see well, I've I written a book. When I go start I've got a book for it, and it's got all the meditations in there and everything. So do you, you think, think got they can affect book.
2: it, the kids, or do you think they're good for it? What's that? Do you think having the kids along is a good thing or a bad thing?
0: I think it's fantastic because kids are open-minded.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, I'll try it out. I'll try it with my family.
3: See, all we needed was Kyle to be here and uh, you're, you're on board.
2: I'm not going to go well, in the woods with you yet.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you this, guys. This, this is how I kind of look at things sometimes is I don't know if you guys think that this is a one shot deal. You live this life and you end and you die and that's it. You know, it's one theory. Another theory is that it continues in, in some way in reincarnation or some other form of energy, but I'm leaning more on, on the ladder. I'm thinking that something else still happens afterwards. Yeah. And I don't want to finish this life, look back and go, Oh, I'm such an idiot. Why didn't I even try some of that stuff? Why wasn't I open-minded? Why was I such a critic and a skeptic? And I mean, everybody can do that. All right? Anybody can sit back and just be a skeptic and a critic of everything and read a couple things online or read one book and go, oh, no, no, I know it all. But it's usually the people that are finding the interesting stuff are the people that have done the most reading, done the most work, delved deeper into some of these topics. It's not usually the armchair critic that seems to stumble across this stuff. So I want to I want to hunt it down. I want to search for it and explore it and see if some of the stuff is possible. So. The conversation we had the other day around consciousness i mean all of this stuff is tied into it yeah it's physics it's it's stuff in the sky it's it's all these different things related together it's it's thought it's belief it's energy it's you know, the law of one as we talked about before that seems to explain some things too that a lot of people are curious about all these things are interrelated yeah and the more that you start to learn this you get hungry to go well i wonder if that's a possible angle too so then you explore down that avenue and you may or may not find something, but you just don't know until you explore it.
2: Some, sometimes I wonder if that's kind of like just part of the simulation where it's like the more of these sciences we find and the farther we go down them, it's just going to keep coming up everything with changes, stuff just to keep, just it. coming up with stuff to keep you busy. Kind of like, you know,
0: <laughs> I completely agree the, the difference with that though, is that's the physical, you know, we, we sit here with all this science and we focus on the physical and, The mathematical physics observable information that we go deeper and deeper and you know down to the atomic level and deeper than that and we'll keep finding stuff but then there's the metaphysical everyone believes in metaphysical otherwise prove to me where love is or fear is prove to me where depression is or anxiety is i mean to me that stuff actually lies in the metaphysical because we don't fully understand it and it's all energy-based yeah And so if we start to seek deeper into the metaphysical and start going down those rabbit holes, like we do in physics with the observable or mathematics with the stuff we can calculate, if we get away from the the physical stuff and going deeper and deeper down that and focus on the metaphysical stuff, we're going to find more stuff too.
2: Any chance it's dangerous? Probably. In what way do you think, if you had to speculate? You don't have to speculate, but I'm asking you to.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I could speculate, I, I think I would. The best way I've heard that explained is through the Law of One. So, yeah, if, I mean, and keep in mind, if I talk about Law of One or, or some of these other areas, I'm only giving my perspective on something else I've read. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have as as the Law of One would talk about a distortion of anything I hear. And, you know, we're talking about CE5 all a little bit different right now, but CE5 is this protocol. So whatever we're talking about here, I'm, I'm just putting my spin on it. I'm mm-hmm. putting my opinion on it, and there's no real right or wrong to that. It's just the way I look at it right now, and that could change. But if you look at the law of one information and what it seems to say about negative and positive is that in general, out in the cosmos, generally everywhere the real negative energy, the real negative entities, if you will, the people that are on that real hard negative path is about 10%. And, and that 10%, if you believe that we, through consciousness, can communicate or access or, or get hunches or intuition from this metaphysical, be it spirit guides be it um, higher density extraterrestrial beings whatever through telepathy or consciousness all those different avenues if you believe that that's a potential of accessing that then there's a potential of accessing some of that 10 percent that could be negative but you can also filter how to look at that and use some some strategy some awareness principles to make sure that that isn't the stuff that's influencing you
3: yeah, like part of the CE5 protocols is, is really love and compassion. Like your goal is to, as part of the whole meditation, part of that is to bring down only love and, and what's best for, for us, you know, at the highest level, like that kind of
6: thing. Yeah, Exactly.
2: That, that's how I'd get you.
3: So uh, you mentioned reincarnation, and I was wondering if, and I, I thought about this a lot, if if you're, t- you're talking about how you, let's say you increase your consciousness or your level of awareness in this life, and yeah. you think if you reincarnate in the next one that you, you're kind of that will evolve with you. And let's say, you know, it's somewhat easier to um, to be aware of that in your next life. Like, would that awareness evolve as you go along? Because, you know, I, the the thing that that is disappointing me for reincarnation is coming back and not remembering any of that again. Like, But cool. I, I feel like the, the spiritual teachers have evolved in even some cultures think they're coming back you know again and again and 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 they're becoming more aware as they cycle through
2: lifetimes
6: yeah you think I that's think possible
2: we we'll explain I... seven billion fucking humans <laughs> yeah because we just can't figure it the fuck out because we're fucked for lack of a what better term that? well right now you know it's not right now seems like a time when most people are coming back to give it another go you know, it's not like it doesn't seem like a lot of people are finishing right now. You know, if I look around the world, it doesn't seem like you know, I would say put it at I don't know, one tenth of one percent. Do you think you'd make it? I don't think I would make it.
0: Well, I guess it depends what you're basing it off.
2: That's right. You're your own worst harshest critic.
0: I just think if
3: you become if you if you start believing in, and looking into the stuff that Kyle's talking about and you're going out and looking at the stuff, and you start believing in reincarnation and acknowledging it. And when you come back, I think it's you're, you're going gonna, gonna to be easier for you to reach that that level. It'll be like a sort of a fast forward to that level again. And the more you do that, the easier it gets as you evolve.
0: Well, if I can, if I can give a couple comments on that from from my perspective, so. One about the whole reincarnation thing. I, I I did not grow up thinking about reincarnation. I, I grew up atheist. It didn't, didn't didn't resonate with anything. But as you delve deeper into this stuff and you start to think about it more and meditate on it more, it's I I've kind of come to the conclusion that the best running theories right now are either that this life is over and we're dead and that's it, or there's other possibilities. I'd rather lean on that. There's other possibilities. And if that's the case, it seems to relate to consciousness somehow. So then there's all these different areas of consciousness. And then if you look at some of the work out there that's talked, that's that's seems to talk about the same thing from different angles. You know, you could look at some Egyptian history and philosophy. You could even look at the Vedas or Hinduism, Buddhism in some ways. You could even look more recently at, at Law of One. You could look at kind of the similarities in some religions instead of just the differences. And if you, if you look at this stuff, it seems to point to stuff happens after we die. And then if you delve deeper into this, there seems to be some sort of a pattern that through these theories that we are consciousness that enters into this physical body at some point in utero where, or possibly at birth and we come here to earth to have this experience of physicalness, this experience that we are going to get so caught up in physical, you know, that law of one would say we are a mind, body, spirit complex because we have a mind, a body and a spirit, which we don't acknowledge all that much. But this body, this physical part is what we get really caught up in. And our mind focuses on that body part instead of more of of the spiritual part. And as we do that, we get down this rabbit hole of all this stuff. And along the way, we get to make choices. And we make choices around, is this completely for me or or more in selfishness? Or is it, yeah, something I want, but it can kind of be good towards others too? You kind of make the decisions where it's a little bit to be good for other people as well. And if you make more of those decisions, theoretically, more metaphysical stuff opens up for you. Because you're actually adding that stuff into your life, stuff like love, compassion, empathy, those things. Service, yeah, yeah. Service to others is how they would call it. Yeah. Whereas, if you look at people that get really caught up in selfishness and greed and stuff like that, I mean, you can still have. Or even
2: victimization is a form of that. that? Victimization is a form of that. Seems to be the most prevalent one today.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could depends how you look at success. You could, you could be a billionaire and be the most selfish person in the world, and there's a whole bunch of them out there. And you could be poor and in service to others, but happy and satisfied in your life. Yeah. You know, and until you actually sit in each of those shoes, you're not going to know just how good that feels. But as you go through this pattern of this lifetime, then after this is done is when you kind of get a debrief of how this life went, what went down for you. Because we've got a veil in this lifetime to any past lives. And if you don't believe in the past life research, I mean, you could look up people like Dr. Brian Weiss, Dr. Michael Newton. There's a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists out there that doing past life regressions, which just started out as clinical hypnosis. A lot of the times, would all of a sudden start to pull things out from people that would talk about past lives. Yeah, and and this wasn't. You know, these are these are researchers these are scientists and health professionals and so they start to get an objective approach how to collect this information and then they they realize that this information they're collecting is really similar to what someone else is collecting and you start to see these patterns of what possibly might have happened from this life to finishing going in the spirit world and having these debriefs and and figuring out how things went that life and did you do what you wanted to achieve and some of these things and this craziness of earth and making choices and then you might come back for another incarnation here or somewhere else, or maybe you've graduated to a higher dimension or density and you got to go try that lifetime. And it's this kind of cyclic event that, from what all these different texts seem to talk about, it's, it's all metaphysical. It's all in the spiritual side of things, and the physical part is the illusion, because it's not the real truth behind it all. I agree
2: with most of that because I, I've often bitched about religion as stealing the main thing that religion stole from the people as they tricked us into having faith in something outside of yourselves. And it seems to me like the law of attraction and intention and all this other stuff, the placebo effect, it all boils down to sort of the exact same thing, which is kind of what what you're talking about, which I would call faith and that faith was really never supposed to be in anything else, except, you know, you need to have faith in your prayers for your prayers to come true. You don't need to have faith in some deity to make your prayers come true.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. If you you look at some of the, if you look at some of those similarities in the religions, and I can't say I know them all that well, but I've dabbled in them to understand them. And you pull out what's similar, you would have kind of a unified theory of, Of faith if you took out the dogmatic approach where they differ and the the best way i can understand this from the the research i've done and and how i've delved into it is that a lot of this information that was received and i I might get on the hot seat for saying this but a lot of the information that's received by these people that have written these religious texts over the years were actually people channeling information from spirit guides or extraterrestrials that they were able to tune into through consciousness. And then they felt like they were talking to God. I mean, hearing voices in your head or writing stuff down or giving speeches that you don't feel is really you. This is a lot of how they got their information.
2: So as a psychologist, how much of that do you think could be within yourself still? Because you must understand the mind better than, well, me for sure. Or most people like, is there space in the mind that you know that channeling could be you. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer in sort of you know, or I, I can I got a lot of time for simulation theory and for group consciousness and humans do tend to be more like a collective sort of species, but you know, there still seems to be that that possibility out there that you know it could just be something further within yourself. Cause it does seem that, you know, every time you dig a little deeper, you can always find a little more.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a really good point. And I, I think it's completely possible because you know, I'll, I'll go back to the law of one for this part, but in there and keep them, keep in mind the law of one is information that was collected by an apparent six density or six dimension group of entities I think there was 35 million of them that shared a common mind because they evolved to that point that they were able to communicate with some humans. Because these people advanced themselves to the level of being able to tune into that through their consciousness, through their level of meditation and, and ask questions. It's like a Q&A format almost. And they, they describe it as, you know, they're not gods at all. They're us that that are just much older and evolved, you know, as look at how different we are than 500 years ago. Well, imagine us 5 million years from now, how much different we'd be if we can survive that long. I think it's going to be a pretty different place 5 million years from now. So apparently this is just what's happening out in the cosmos is these entities are out there and then they come to assist us. And they assist us in some ways, maybe, you know, flashes of UFOs or even possibly landings, which I don't think is really happening much now for other reasons. But they explain that we are the creator. We, we are a spark of the orish, original spark. We, we all have the full potential of the creator inside of us. We all of these different densities and dimensions that we're apparently going through and all this metaphysical consciousness development apparently it's all inside of us. It's just a matter of us activating it. And so what these these experiences do for us is help us activate some of these things through the, the difficulties and, and struggles and suffering that we do over time. And so depending on what you're going through and how you tend to do this work or contemplate or meditate on these things, you could activate all these things. And they, they explain that, that someone could activate... A large number of these different chakras inside, these energy centers to unblock things, to have this infinite energy, this intelligent inf- infinity. I think they call it a infinite intelligence can flow through you, and you could technically unlock and access different parts of you that would do exactly what you're saying.
3: Yeah, like ultimately we're all connected. It's all one like you know we are god we're like
2: yeah every time i drive down the freeway i can't help but feel like a fucking (laughs) ant you know it's just all these cars are driving just perfectly like six inches from each other and it's depressing kind of but you know it's interesting in that sense is that you know that does seem to be there Hmm. i wonder if enough people start doing the ce5 thing if that in, in itself propels the the thing like the hundredth monkey sort of idea.
3: I think they, so I I read that book you recommended as almost like a prerequisite to the law of one It's called the secrets of the UFO. And it, I think it talks about that in there actually, but it was, it was a really interesting book. I mean, it's very non-dogmatic, very, you know, accepting. And I I can tell that that's probably, I haven't read through the law of one yet, but I can tell that's kind of what the law of one is going to be about as well It's like acceptance, a lot about service, a lot about, um, about that, but I think they talk about the the level of awareness and the people that are uh, that are. I don't remember if they put a number to it. I don't remember if it's ten percent or if it's. Uh, I can't remember. Do you know what the Kyle if they talked about that at all?
0: Yeah, so I've heard it explained different ways. I've heard it, it takes one percent, one percent of a population to have focused mass or collective consciousness if you will uh, on shared thought to be able to manifest something that would you know um overpower in a positive way um the 99 percent that is kind of mixed up and partly negative and partly positive and you know not collective a unified one percent can make that shift and in um in the law of one they talk about it as if you have different people on different paths let's just take people confused in the middle I don't know if I believe in metaphysical, but I know there's physical, but I know there's more to life. Those kind of people. And they're all having their thoughts throughout the day. Maybe these people even sit down and pray or meditate or try and do some sort of focused work on on, on their consciousness. They're kind of going, Well, this is one thought that's kind of like that. Here's another one, here's another one. Like they're all separate thoughts that in a little bit align together to to have this co-creative consciousness. But when you have people that are really positive, they and they're very similar in their thinking, it becomes almost exponential. So they 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 calculate it as one plus one, two, another person, one times two, or sorry, two times two, four, another person, four times two, eight, another person, sixteen, another person thirty-two. So it multiplies that way. And that's apparently because when people are in a a higher state of consciousness a more love light based level of consciousness that it's, it's, it's the, it's this fundamental kind of truth, this fundamental thing that everyone can understand and it's complementing to each other. I mean, if the three of us could sit in that space right now, it would probably feel good if we could do it, but it wouldn't be like, oh, get that away from me. So if you're doing it on the negative side, if, if the three of us were doing that with real negative thoughts, we wouldn't have that um, multipl- multiplication effect because we're not going to align that similarly and we're not going to want these things. Your negative thoughts can be yours and mine, mine. They're not going to totally align. And does that make sense? Yeah, like, that's, yeah, it, what that's happens really interesting, that? yeah. We'll go like this and actually elevate more and faster.
2: So when those do start to align, is that when we get some of the biggest horror stories in human history?
0: We're getting them right now.
2: Yeah, in some ways. Look,
0: look- Look around, look how polarized things are right now. And, and this, is, this is usage of words from the law of one, polarized. So you can be positively polarized, doing more service to others, more good things, and more negatively polarized, more service to self and selfishness. Look at where we are right now in the world. It's like so much fear, so much worry, concern, like we're, we're on the brink of war. How many times a year right now? And, and there is war going on all around the world. And there's revolts and riots in France and other places right now. That's like, what's going on? And then the other side, we have environmental concerns and people want to be, save the ocean and people want to make a difference for the earth. People are realizing, wow, if we keep this up, we're actually killing that thing called the earth right now that we kind of need. And so you get this kind of polarization right now. And, and some people, a lot of people are stuck, like, OK, I'm over here a bit. I'm over here a bit. Or I can't stop watching the dog and pony show, but I know I should be over here. And, and this kind of negative side tries to pull us in. It tries to harness our thoughts, which we now know are energy. It tries to harness our co-creative thoughts, because if we're all worried about something and something's on the news and we're all glued to what Trump is doing tomorrow, we're actually feeding our thoughts into that. And then we start making decisions based on what we're thinking, Does that make
2: sense? Yep. Yep. But I also read a stat that more people canceled their cable in 2017 than did in the last, like, 10 years combined in in North America. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, I I mean, I can get caught up in that. It's a terrible time, too. But then, I mean, I was just listening to uh, uh, one of Dave Rubin's shows today that was talking about a guy that was kind of – you know, behind the scenes, you're hearing about how terrible it is, but there's all this sort of stuff that's happening behind the scenes that no one's talking about that. I mean, we were at Jordan Peterson last night, and he sort of said the same thing. He's like, despite what you've heard, it's still sort of the probably the best time to be alive. I think what I was getting at with the, the aligned malevolence or negative thoughts, I was wondering if that's sort of when you get genocide from one culture on another, is when you can sort of get an entire group of people that can get their negative thoughts aligned
0: yeah i'm sure it happens and i mean just look at culturally how different we are culturally in in some different parts of the world so it
3: happens can you expand on the polarization part because when i was listening to that book uh, the The secrets of the ufo it did talk about that a little bit where apparent and and you have to correct correct where i'm wrong here but in order for us to be at our potential or to create more consciousness, awareness or magic or whatever that we have yeah. to, that it's better to be polarized. Like in the middle, we can't, can't reach that potential.
0: Yeah. So law of one kind of talks about it this way. And I'll just, I'll put a little, um, cause some people might think, what is this law of one? Is it another Bible? Like, you know, wh- wh- what is this all about? So, can I give it like a little five minute thing? Yeah, there, yeah, um,
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, Because I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm a skeptic. Okay. I I don't, I don't walk around drinking the Kool-Aid and then going, Oh yeah, I read this book once and it was amazing. And that's what all I talk about. When I, when I first stumbled across law of one, what what got my attention was that the lead researcher, it's it's a group of researchers that their, their organization is called LL research, which is actually love light research, L slash L research. And this was started by Professor Don Elkins. I forget where he was a professor at. He had a, I believe he's got a PhD in physics, and then he's also uh, a mechanical engineer, I think. A pretty smart dude, you could say. And he he was a prof back in the 50s and 60s, I think. And I, I might get some stuff a little off here, but I'll be, I'll be fairly accurate, I think. He uh, He was still teaching, really getting interested in how this whole UFO thing is going on. And so this will help you guys a bit with the C5 stuff. because I really think these things are very much aligned and anyone into C5 would, would gain a lot by understanding law of one because he basically started out like a lot of people do right now going, OK, if if people are telling the truth and this these UFOs are possibly coming around or possibly real, I want to know it. And being a physics and engineer prof, why not? Right. He would actually understand it. Uh, He was also getting his pilot's license at the time, too. So he started traveling around. He was working with MUFON a bit and some other organizations to actually go meet with people that said they were contactees or receiving information, doing research in this area. And as he started and meeting a lot of researchers as well, all across the world in this field, going in very objectively. You read that, that Secrets of the UFO. He's very objective when he talks about this stuff. He's not giving his personal opinion. And he starts putting the pieces of the puzzle together with all the information he's collecting from hundreds of people, from other researchers all across the globe. And he started seeing these common threads, started seeing these messages. And and they were almost all kind messages about the earth and how to live better and how to live more metaphysically and love based stuff and energy and sounded fluffy. Sounded like, you know, what some would have called 10 years ago, tree hugger stuff but sounded interesting because he was seeing these internal consistencies, which actually means that there's something there. And so he actually started trying to decode this a bit to see what was really similar. And he actually found there were messages in there and also with other researchers doing this that were actually describing how to meditate on some of these practices to receive these messages more. And so he started doing research on this. He started using his grad students and they created a a protocol to sit around and meditate on these practices and try and see if they could tune themselves in through meditation to get to a certain vibrational frequency to receive information. And they would just like say stuff and spit it out. And almost like what's called, um, in Christianity, um, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it sounds very similar to that in some ways. And so after 10 years of doing this, they, um, they started getting the, the protocol down better. They were receiving mixed messages, which were very similar to Law of One messages. And then all of a t- sudden, Carla, one of the researchers as well, went into this deep state of unconscious trance and received this contact from Rob. And so then the next day, three of them set up a separate room to try and access this again with Professor with Don Elkins being the lead researcher behind this. And they started asking questions when this entity or group of entities came back. And he asked questions from the deepest, hardest physics-based questions to the deepest part of consciousness that he knew about to history of UFOs and what's happening in, in America. And, and the information coming out not only validated what he already knew as being a researcher in the area, but gave him more information that led him to other sources and more information. And he was just shocked. Like everything seemed to be accurate. And then it even got into explaining how the cosmos works and how reincarnation works. And again, validating other sources. And so this isn't just some book someone wrote. This was a research team that had been researching this already for about 20 years and then came across this contact. And with a very systematic approach, they tried to collect the research from this to be able to make kind of a, an approach to say that this was as scientifically collected as we could do. They recorded it. You can listen to the audio recordings. They wrote that book. They wrote a a bunch of other books on it as well to explain it from other angles. And it's, it's just absolutely fascinating and fascinating information for anyone interested in UFOs, reincarnation, physics, how the universe works, consciousness, meditation. A lot of it is just explained better than any other text I've read in that one collection of books it's really fascinating stuff so the polarization part so they they talk a lot about polarization and they talk about it from um, almost like uh, electricity you have to have a positive and a negative charge and so if you're too much in the middle you're not creating that that charge between the positive and negative negative. And so apparently that's also why this happens so much on Earth, because when we have these great polarities like we do right now, a lot of work gets done because uh-huh. it's so polarized and it's so charged. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And to the point where I, like, I almost look at it as it's like an elastic band being pulled. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, but I mean, are we at this ascension time, this uh, procession of the equinox where something big is going to happen? <laughs> I don't know, but we seem more polarized than we ever have before.
3: Yeah.
0: And so if someone is is in the middle, kind of on the fence, well, they're probably not going to see a lot of big changes in their life. They're not going to really see a lot of the stuff happening. If someone's more on the negative, well, they could do a lot of, as it's called, work, metaphysical work with this polarity of charge. And if you're on the positive side and you're doing that sort of stuff, then you'll see a lot of things as well. So how do you
3: how do you define the negative and positive if so much of it is based on people's perception? I mean, it really does feel like the people on both sides would say they're on the positive side. So does it matter? Yeah. Because if the good and evil isn't really good and evil, like I, I believe the law of one is yeah. kind of similar to Grant Cameron's thing lately, where it's like so much of it is perception based that doesn't matter as long as you are charged in in some way.
0: Oh, so there's there's fundamental rules they say, and this plays this plays into the the love and light thing and so they say there's distortions we all have distortions and our distortions is our perception of something yeah and so we we are constantly perceiving things differently so we constantly have distortions of things and that's that's part of the experience we have to figure this stuff out in our own way but as you're looking at things you can you can use some of the secrets, if you will, some of the information in these texts and, and really well written in Law of One around how to make this work for you. Keeping in mind, apparently, it's also been used for the negative. So apparently Ra made contact with the Egyptians some time ago, the Hawkhead God Ra. And they were unfortunately taken as a god. They gave this information to try and help the Egyptians because they were quite high in their spiritual level. Unfortunately they were polytheistic in their viewpoint towards God and it and Ra thought if they were down to one god, they might really advance consciously. And uh, it didn't work. They gave some of this information out. They tried to assist, and the elites took it for themselves, and they used it on, on the negative side, which Ra was apparently shocked about that entities would want to use something so powerful in a negative way. And so there's there's different ways to look at this, to, if it's going to be used for positive or for negative. But a couple of really easy things to consider is just is this choice you're going to make? Because it's all based on choice. It's, it's it's free will. Is what you're going to do this choice you're going to make? Is it self-centered? Is it all for you? Or is there some aspect of it that it's also for others? It's also for a more common good. Is it is it more in, in hate and fear and, and the, you know the more darker stuff we often talk about? Or is it more love and light based? It doesn't mean you have to walk around being Gandhi but you can at least start to think if I'm a little more you know if I'm if it's a teeter totter and I'm a little more on the positive side of the teeter totter well that's that's going to be the the stuff that you manifest and that's going to be that path that you unfold down so that, that's the kind of polarization
3: yeah yeah that makes sense i i seem to remember the secrets of the ufo was talking a little bit about acceptance and uh it seemed like it was sort of anti-control, like having letting people have their free will, their free choice was very important in that. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, they they talk about it as a, oh, sorry. It's hard to hear if you're talking. My, my mic just goes silent.
3: No, nope, we weren't talking.
0: We're good. Okay. I think we got a little bit of a delay on the, yeah. On the video. Yeah,
2: there's a bit of a delay. Yeah.
0: So the way that's explained, and I've heard it from different avenues, um, again, Law of One explains it really well, is that there's no right and wrong. There's no right and wrong. This this is all a spiritual journey, you know. and this is where it gets a little faith, spiritual base that some people are like, I don't know about that, that apparently w- we all have God inside of us, the creator, if you will, whatever you want to call it, the universal energy, and we we are just <clears throat> sparks of this throughout the universe and, and we are going through this process of learning how to make these choices so that we can either have a life that manifests more negative stuff or have a life that manifests more positive stuff and align with other people and go along this journey and so it's um again you know it's it depends how you look at it yeah
3: so Grant Cameron's been one of our one of our favorite guests, and he was he was into the uh, you know all the the paperwork, the nuts and bolts, the presidential UFO aspect. You know what does the government know about all this? But then he shifted into the consciousness aspect of it pretty hard a few years back, and okay. um, and and he's he's talking. He's been investigating and researching all the downloads. You know, like almost like what you're talking about that happened to these guys in RAW but the it download? seems to, the doubt they, they call, he calls it yeah. downloads. And I mean, I sure. think I even heard them mention that, that term in the uh, secrets of the UFO as well, but yeah. it seems to be way more prevalent. Now it's happening more and more, whether it's, you know, people downloading scientific stuff or mathematical stuff, or just um, philosophy kind of, kind of stuff. But I mean, have you seen an increase or do you, do you see that happening as well from, from your side that, that that seems to be happening more and more now, maybe as part of a shift
0: or. Yeah. To be honest, I would say yeah. Um, I, I hear it from from people I know that do meditate. I hear it from people that think about these things a little bit. Um, I, I've seen it myself. You know, my meditations over the past couple of years, I, I find they just they seem to be richer. There seems to be more insights later on. And I, I, I've thought about this. I've I've spent some time thinking about this and delving into the the research around this a bit. And I. The best way I can conceptualize this right now, especially if, if you're open to the idea of non-terrestrials influencing this process somehow, is that back in the 50s and 60s, you know, the, the book that you read, Secrets of the UFOs, it was a lot of really good messages. It was quite love, light, really fluffy stuff, you know, really inviting stuff. It didn't seem dark. And, and there was quite a few contacts and, and people making contacts and telepathic communications between people if they'd see a ship or, or they'd see an extraterrestrial of some sort. And then that kind of shifted. Then all of a sudden, you know, even if you just come to where today is now, you don't see, you don't hear about a lot of ships coming down, UFOs, if you will. And there doesn't seem to be as much contact that way. And so a lot of people question, oh, you can't take photos, you can't get these things, and it's not real. But if you look at the negative side of it, you know, the 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 10% I talked about, apparently it sounds like we are at this this state of evolution. You know, David David Wilcox and Corey Good talk about this stuff a lot. We're we're at this state of of evolution where the earth is changing, vibrating at a different level. All depends if you believe in some of this stuff. Again, I'm just I'm quoting some sources. And and the earth is changing. And we're changing with it. And as, as the earth is changing and, and going to this different vibrational level that we're changing too. And so we're accessing more information. We're receiving more information because our consciousness is rising as well. And so I, I have to admit, I see a lot more clients come through my office that are talking about symptoms they haven't had before, different thoughts they haven't had, energetically feeling different, and, and for some people, it's a little scary. You know, some people are going like, what's going on inside? And, I, you know, I try and take a real Western-based psychological, I put my, my psychologist hat on and try and approach it from a real Western-based model. But it makes me wonder, too, you know, what's happening energetically inside of people? And is there more stuff happening, downloads, information, consciousness-based activation that's going on behind the scenes than we really know right now?
3: Yeah, like I feel like we've almost reached that percentage that Darren was asking about. There is, I mean, maybe we've or, we're have we already past that, that point, that 100th monkey thing, where we are now just in that, already in the acceleration.
2: I don't know, it's tough to say. It's tough to say because I wasn't here 50 years ago, you know? I'd really need to know what, uh, I don't know
3: what it was like back then yeah the, yeah, yeah this, i mean we've
2: come a long way yeah. in a hundred years you know yeah it's in a long fucking hundred years and a lot of people got blown to bits and you know there's a couple of terrible wars so it's it's tough for me to sometimes say that you know maybe this is a when you you know maybe it, is it all just one pro leap forward or is it accelerate with technology or is that gonna backfire or you know i don't know it's just yeah I hope. I hope it's that. Well, you know, the that sounds better than what Kaczynski predicts. So,
3: well, it's interesting that that book in the UFO that was back in the seventies. And
2: is and that that funny. old blue book that I had? No. Those old ones that someone sent in. No,
3: no, no, no. This is different. This is a how PDF to build a online. flying saucer and no, something no, no, else. No, like, this, this is different. But, but it because that
2: was very similar with the love and light and stuff like well, that. Well, that. that's
3: that's what I was going to say. Is like a lot of our topics end up being about how many how many of our shows end up being about I've, love. I've,
2: I think it's uh, like
3: fifty percent. Like,
2: Alan has me at like fucking fifteen times or something like that, saying love ends up being the answer again. And this is
3: this is like this that secrets of the UFO. Daily meditation, love, and seeking and service are, like, the key the key parts of it. I mean, and this is, like, what we've been hearing on this show, almost no matter what topic we're talking about, it all comes back to, like, meditation and all love. All you need I is mean, love, baby.
0: Unbelievable.
2: That's
0: it. All you have to do sometimes, just imagine. Okay, let's, let's just imagine that we're not alone in the universe. Pretty good chance of it, hey? Mm-hmm. 450 billion stars just in the Milky Way, never mind the planets around them. You know, that's, the chances are, you know, we're not the only ones. If some of these civilizations advanced past the point we are. Do you think they would be a war-based, fear-based um, social group? You know, they probably would have had to figure out that either they're kinder to each other and they find a way to make this work in unison and and... Yeah. and you know, get away from the hate, the anger, all this stuff, and to make it work together. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't survive because we're not far away from blowing up this whole planet or killing it. Or, you know, and we're not very old. Yeah,
2: yeah, I agree. Oh, with I that. think we're older than we I, think. No, but I agree with that. I though. agree with that, but I think we're older than we Yeah,
3: think. yeah, that's true. I mean, did Ross say anything about that? I wanted to ask you about the last, uh, like the the end of the last ice age what? and how our advanced civilization, like did did the, does Law One talk about what it was like 30,000 20,000 years ago here
2: <laughs> i was actually going oh, yeah. to say yeah. synchronistically when you mentioned the procession i was reading an article today that they're saying that this cave art in france that's 40,000 years or sorry in, in turkey turkish turkish uh scientists have now said that these fucking cave paintings that are 40,000 years old accurate, accurately depict the procession of the equinoxes <laughs> I don't doubt it. Isn't that crazy?
0: You look at the Mayan calendar, you look at these different Egyptian historical informations. A lot of these things align.
2: Where do you, where does that, cause, um, I mean, we were just talking to Rennie and Tamara a little while ago about the one great year and the procession being part of the golden That's- age and the silver age and the bronze age, and that we'd be in the bronze right. age now. Does the does the law of one tie into that at all? At all is that like? Does it? How does it look at the procession? Yeah, I'd
0: mean, have to summarize because it's a lot of numbers, right? If if someone goes,
2: I'm a numbers if someone guy. Someone
0: types in law of one dot info, Somebody typed law of one dot info on their computer. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of the, the research site that they've left up. It's like a separate site that is just the raw material that they channeled for three, three and a half years. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So yeah. It looks like an old website. Yeah. It looks like an old website. You can see it's 106 things on there. That's 106 sessions they had. 106 times they sat down to try and channel raw. And then you can click on, say, one, and you can scroll down. You'll see a little... Uh, blue arrow, That's you could hit play and you could actually listen to the channel session. Or you can go on the top right where it says, I think it says search, almost like a Google search. Mm-hmm. And you could type in anything you want. Type in Egypt. Type in Perception Einstein. Even, yeah. Type in Nikola Tesla. These are all questions that Don Elkins asked Raw to get information. So this is how I first got interested is I found this site and I started typing stuff in that I had questions about. And I started getting answers to questions I didn't think that I could get answers for as well. And then you look it up and you realize, geez, this is accurate. And then you search something else and you get an answer, and you're like, "There's no way that could be true." And then you go down that rabbit hole, and sure enough, it sounds like it's true.
1: To go you go on the right side see
0: it says uh, LL Research" on the right.
2: Yep. Should we donate yeah. too? It looks like it's value for value over here, so people should donate to these. Folks. And br- browse by category. They have a browse by category as well, which is pretty cool. So you
3: can click on, for, you know, cosmology, for example, and it's got all. That's a great little resource there. Hit I the donate button, people. people.
0: This summer. You, oh, what's that? I actually went and met with these people this summer, and I sat down and I watched them channel. Nice. They they don't channel raw anymore. Raw stopped in the 80s, but ever since they've been channeling quote and. If you look it up, this is all this all aligns with the Corey Good and David Wilcock stuff. This is all part of apparently this is all part of this confederation of entities out in space that are here right now to assist us in some way. They don't just jump down and be like, hey, here's what you do, because that impacts our free will. But if you meditate, if you do these things, if you watch the metaphysical, you might get little cues along the way. And so, I mean, that's that's a great website, just uh, if you got a, an odd question about Law of One. Yeah. But generally speaking, they talk about it as these 25-year cycles, approximately, that we're at the end of this 76 or 75-year, 75 75,000-year 75, cycle, which aligns with the Mayan calendar and all this stuff, this 2012, you know, remember that hot topic of 2012? And apparently, we are going through this transition stage right now. That's why things are so polarized. That's why there's so many earth changes. That's why there's these solar flares happening. That's why there's more earthquakes. It's interesting. Again, it aligns. So just because it aligns is an interesting fact to kind of delve into deeper.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, We got a question from the chats here. And we got from Deep Thought 42. When you guys talk about the law of one, could you ask if it's true that once you read it, a person is bound to it?
0: No, it's not true. There you have it. No, the way, the way it works is the way, the way that's explained the law of one is that if you are really delving into this stuff and you, you want to access other information, maybe get into a real meditative practice and try and, get some of these downloads like people are talking about. The information that you get, the way they kind of word it, or if you read the Law of One and you get a lot of insights from it, well you you've just got more tools in your toolbox. Because you can't you can't on learn something. So when you start to learn these things and it starts to enrich your life or it starts to impact your life or other people's lives, you've got a tool now and so now it depends what you do with it either you drag it around and it's a ball and chain on your ankle or you actually use it as a mace what's that as a mace Bash. <laughs> I <guess. laughs>
3: no i feel like it's one of those things that if once you read it and you you get to a certain level of you, you know awakening or whatever you can't go back you can't like you yeah. said you can't unlearn it you're you're changed forever like that's probably just what that means really
0: well, I'll put myself on it's one of on the, those on the hot
2: books. Eh? It's one of those books that just once you crack it open,
0: uh, I'll, I'll put myself on the hot seat here. Okay. So I, I've delved into these, these things for, in a lot of different angles, partly personally, just cause I'm, I'm, I find it interesting. And I consider myself a researcher of life. If there's stuff out there that are secrets in how this whole life thing happens, I want to know. And then at the same time, I I work as a, as a psychologist. So if some of this stuff could assist my clients as well, Hey, great. But I'll tell you something that's changed over me the past few years is I've always been, I've always had a big heart. I mean, I was, I was a firefighter for 10 years on the front lines. I didn't, I didn't do that because I didn't care about people. I, I turn into more of a compassionate, even more aware of my own emotions. I can even say the word love in a sentence and not feel awkward Whereas, you know, the, the guy growing up didn't talk about this stuff. So this, this stuff, and I'm not just talking law of one, I'm talking all this metaphysical love light stuff before. I just used to sound like fluffy words to me, love light. What? But when you actually delve into what it is and you start applying it to your life and you start to see how it impacts your relationships and you start to like, for example, I look at you two. I don't look at you two right now as a couple dudes. Uh, I guess I kinda do. One one with a pretty cool toque. But I I look at you guys. What's that?
2: It's reversible. (laughs) Nice. Next week could be straight blue.
0: And I go, you two are, are two more sparks of consciousness that are on this cyclic pattern of reincarnation. And and I wonder, like, what's your history? What what past lives have you possibly had? What did you plan for this life because apparently through all these different sources of reincarnation we actually plan part of this life to receive catalysts and suffering and all these things to activate us to wake us up and i look at people now and i'll walk down the street and i'll just think like how asleep some people are to all of this potential or to even look at someone and wonder what if someone's looking at me the way i'm looking at them (laughs) Uh, what do you understand this stuff? Do you think this way at all? Or would you rather just talk about some stupid drama that's on Friday nights or something? You know, like it starts to change the way you look at people and the way you start to think. And if you're sitting in a room of people talking about these topics, yeah, you can joke around and make fun of it and stuff, but it hits home. Like there's something in here that is interesting and you want more. And like, it's, it's got some, you can't really explain it. It's got something that you can chew on. You know what I mean? And so it does change you in some ways. And I don't really think it's a bad thing. It's only made me a better person. And I don't hear anyone else that seems to say it's made them a worse person.
2: Yeah, I've recently went through uh, something like that of my own over the last year or so. I didn't read that book. I read some other ones. Um, um, but it do- I would definitely agree that there does seem to be a movement these days that even five years ago didn't exist and i mean there's like there's a there's a thirst for it there's, i mean Graham yeah. and I, again again we will talk about last night but Graham and i went to that lecture for jordan peterson last night and we sat there the place was fucking sold out and he sat there and told people not to be resentful or arrogant for an hour and <laughs> people paid money and go and you know and it just it blows me away that you know that that we're here so that's sort of that um I guess you know when I look at things that way maybe I can't get on board with you that we are in some sort of hyper acceleration because that's something that I mean it it blows me away that people are starting to show some accountability on on uh, at a measurable level.
6: Yeah.
2: We got another question from the chats friend of the show Jim Lee hanging out. He's got Jim, ask he- Kyle have you ever heard of Alexander Chiz Cisnev- Cis- and sunspots and mass excitability
0: no the, the name sounds familiar but I'm only thinking that's because uh David Wilcock has done some amazing research in some of these areas his, his book um the source field investigations
2: oh I read that actually actually I listened to it man was that wasn't that motherfucker like 27 hours
0: that's yeah, that deep yeah Hey, that, Graham had a, a bunch
2: of synchros with that book yeah, i remember yeah,
0: yeah. wow it, it's it's deep and it's written at the level of like a phd in each of those fields he did amazing work with that book and and the references and resources he puts in but no i i, I can't say I'm familiar
2: he gives us a little it. breakdown of the long jim Lee's been on the show before he's our uh, our uh, our geoengineering. resident geoengineering expert i actually just told him he's gonna have to come back on We'll oh, yeah, I'm back, back on in January job. But he does a little... Actually, we've got a couple questions here, so I'm going to go to the chats here for a few minutes. Um, he says, Shazewski proposed that human history is influenced by 11-year peaks in sunspot activity, triggering humans to act upon existing grievances and complaints through revolts and revolutions. Interesting. Uh, next question from Brady Ackroyd has Kyle gotten to experience out of body experiences due to consistent meditation.
0: Hmm. Um, I would say yes and no. So, uh, it depends how you look at it. Some people will talk about having these out of body experiences where you can actually turn around and look at yourself and 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 move places and go through walls. Uh, I haven't met anyone firsthand that's done that, but I've definitely uh, on many occasions had such deep meditations where I can't even tell if I have a body. It's uh, it's you know that that word omnipresence, omniscient, and you almost feel as if you're vibrating, and then it's it's almost like a release and. And you just feel expansive. You feel as if somebody could walk up and hit you with a baseball bat and you wouldn't even move because your consciousness is just everywhere. And I, I can't say in that space I feel like I'm any one thing that can turn around and look at myself. I feel like I'm everywhere. It feels as if all the energy of anything that could interact with me right now is, is just vibrating. That, that's about the closest I can compare.
2: We had another question from Jewel. Uh, does Kyle use the Merkaba method or does he just step out of his body for CE5? I don't even know what the Merkaba method is. Merkaba. Merkaba?
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's actually looking at it rotating. Yeah, no, um, I don't know of that specific method. I I know that you can picture it in your mind's eye and you can look at the different corners and picture all the different triangles of it. And and try and picture that shape. I personally and, and I, I feel a little ripped off. Um, I, I don't have a good mind's eye, you could say. I don't I don't close my eyes and see a whole lot of stuff when I meditate. And I do feel I. quite ripped
3: yeah. off. Yeah, I'm I have the same problem. I really
2: oh, to yeah. Agree, yeah. We'll get you boys jacked yeah. up no, with some I, mushrooms and no, 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 all no, no, no. sorts of stuff. <laughs> no. No. We got I another mean, I'll I, go one more from the chats here from human garbage. I, have, have you ever communicated physically with a UFO or received some sort of response?
0: Yeah. Can't say I have that I'm aware of consciously, but uh, I've definitely downloaded or, or felt like I've received information. You know, sometimes I'll come out of a meditation and just go, and I'll have a thought on my mind that I wasn't even thinking about. And I've got a, a whiteboard in my office back here, and I'll just start. Writing stuff down, it's almost—I call it my mad scientist. Sometimes and I'll just start writing stuff down. Next thing I know, I've kind of, yeah, I've got some interesting stuff I put together that I didn't really understand I was even contemplating on. So, but to actually say I've—I've I've telepathically interacted with uh, a UFO or an ET or something? No, nah, I'm still waiting for that one.
3: What about when you get flash bulbs and stuff? Are you—are you asking questions? Are you interacting at all that way? Like when you meet with your. Groups ce fives, because I could I could almost say that we do in our groups. Yeah. What do they say? No, it's not. It's just flashing. It's like a.
2: Oh, I wonder if it's Morse code. You should write it down. Dot dash dot. Maybe it is. Maybe no one's thought about that.
6: Yeah.
2: You're rolling oh, no, your eyes you at say me. That? <laughs> My... Meanwhile, he's been spelling. Maybe these aliens have been just. Trying to give you Morse code. It's like these fucking guys are not figuring this out. They just keep saying they love us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm gonna come. I I wanna gonna bring a Mar- I'm gonna bring a Morse code hear,
3: book. I want to hear what Kyle was gonna say about that.
0: Uh, no, that was awesome. Um, so, interestingly, uh, I I don't really put much effort because I haven't really thought about putting much effort into communicating that way. And I'm actually quite surprised I haven't,
6: mm-hmm.
0: because I usually consider trying to download or, or you know, interact with this collective consciousness or this Akashic Records, whatever you want to call it. I often think about that when I'm meditating, or before or after my meditation. And so when I'm doing the CE5 stuff, I'm actually forgetting to do that. So I'm going to actually plant that in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. I
3: yeah, it's always forefront in my mind because when I saw the the my, the my initial big UFO sighting in the in the '90s, early '90s was me looking up and saying, "Please come back, please come back. I want to see you too." And then it did. So yeah. that was my interaction of asking for it, not not expecting to even see anything. But yeah,
2: maybe yeah. that's why I can't get this fucking U two album off my phone. <laughs> it came back after I deleted it.
3: So I wanted to ask you about uh, more about this past life stuff because yeah. I've looked into Dolores Cannon's work a little bit, and, and you being a psychologist too, and talking about the healing—like there's a lot of healing that can happen through past life research
6: yeah. or
3: or regression. And yeah. uh, I wondered if you've ever looked into her work at all. And I mean, I've we've heard we were going to have somebody on that uh, that does that,
2: Carol something. But um, she said no again.
3: But I mean, just the fact that for people like acknowledging that they have past lives and there could be. Potential for healing seems to really do wonders, even just that.
0: Yeah. It, the whole, the whole past life thing. Um, it's interesting, you know. It's it's a bit taboo in the psychology world. It's uh, you know because they, they say it's not empirically validated. Yeah. Um, but you know, then you see people like Dr. Brian Weiss, psychiatrist, Dr. Michael Newton, psychotherapist, and
2: are you in contact with those fellows?
0: No, no, no I don't know.
2: write those names. Down Actually. What's, I, going to
0: pick, uh, what's that
2: i really want i've been trying to do a show on past lives and kids past lives for like three years now but it seems like everyone i finally managed to track down that's done any research on it says no yeah could be because of the well, dope smoking the logo but i'll try yeah. those guys for sure 100 because i'm super interested in that stuff because when i was when my kids were young they both sort of made some comments that you know get your gears turning
0: yeah some some of these people now have passed away, so you're gonna have to oh. see who's out there. But you know Brian Weiss, he's he's so popular, he's he's known worldwide. Yeah, I, if you can get him for an interview, I'd be impressed. He's 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 well well known across the world in the work that he does, and even does work with celebrities now. And he, he was on Oprah a number of times, oh, and boy. yeah, he's he's um uh, it's interesting. But you know, coming coming at it from different angles, if you talk to someone that doesn't have the umbrella term of, of psychologist or even clinical counselor or something like that. And they, they're more a therapist or a counselor under a different designation where they can use more therapies that maybe aren't as empirically validated as their, as their registration board would want it to be. They'll talk more openly about this stuff. Yeah. You're not going to find too many psychologists that are going to come on here and say, yeah, I do past life regression work with my clients
3: have you thought about it? Have you thought about it a little bit more, like going down that path?
0: Yeah, well, I'm actually going, I'm going uh, next summer to take um, Brian Weiss's training. Oh, okay. In the, yeah. yeah. And, Perfect. Um, well,
2: then we'll have you on again, and you can give us some regressions.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people doing this work. And, and even uh, when I was, I've been trained in hypnotherapy. When I was back in Alberta, I was in, involved with the uh, Alberta division, and I was meeting people in the field, working in the field, that they talk about this stuff and they, they do this work. And even uh, I can think in particular one, one really well-known um, psychologist over in Vancouver, I, I don't know if, he, if he's still doing this work, um, Lee Poulos, you might want to contact him. He's, I'm, I'm not sure how available he is. I'm not sure if he's still practicing, but very, very experienced guy and he's done a lot of research in this area from
2: what i understand yeah we're always chasing that down i'd like to i'd definitely like to do a show on that um i got no more questions well we should probably
3: give give you a chance kyle before we before we have to let you go here in a few minutes just to talk about the the future what your plans are for besides that course next summer but the ce5 stuff like are you coming to calgary at all because we got to get out there you know with our group and celia and all them and uh get out there with you and um do you have any other, you know, any conferences or workshops or retreats you're going to or anything like that? Or what, what's your plans in the next little while?
0: Um, yeah, nothing nothing planned right now. Um, no, I mean, the first thing is probably I've got the, the stuff in New York next. I think it's next May that I'll be doing for the past life regression stuff. Um, I mean, I'm always I'm always out doing stuff. So it just depends when things pop up, but nothing else planned in the meantime. But I'm sure I'll be out. I've been doing stuff.
3: Do you have what's your C5 community out looking like on the West Coast? There,
0: been well. I think the numbers. I'm doing it through meetup.com. Yeah, that's where I'm hosting it. I think the numbers are. I think we're close to a couple hundred on the list. But um, the last couple of times we went out, I think there might have been eight, ten people. And I've honestly, been so busy lately. I haven't been hosting them. And when it gets this time of year, it's a, it's a lot cloudier and the rain's coming and stuff. So probably won't be doing too many. And plus I just, I went and did that Joshua tree retreat retreat with um, Stephen Greer just a couple months ago. So I had a, a whole seven days of drinking from the fire hydrant, of meditation throughout the day. And then we're out at night late. And so I kind of got my fill for a bit. I had to catch up on life after that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. How, how was that? Did you, can you talk about any experiences you had there?
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. It's um, it's one of these things where it's, a lot of times, it's what you make it. You know, if someone goes in and they're they're negative going into this or pessimistic, you're not going to have the same experiences. Um, but if you're going in open minded and and you're you're open to seeing different things and feeling different things, and different people are reporting different things. Sometimes, sometimes we'd collectively see the same stuff. You know, the typical flash bulbs and movement, and even some stuff. Um, you know, a couple of times we had what looked like a meteor come down, and all of a sudden just go when what? everybody thought <laughs> and then it wasn't long afterwards where we'd see some military choppers come over and a couple military planes go overhead and it's, okay that's kind of an interesting coincidence that we saw that and all of a sudden there's all this plane activity and
6: yeah,
0: yeah. wow so it's but i find that a lot of people report different things too like some people will report feeling energy some people will report seeing uh, a vision or a uh, almost like an orb or almost uh, an aura of something. lots of times it's, it's a couple, three people in the group that are seeing this. So it makes you wonder, are they in their level of consciousness? Are they tuning into something that not everyone's able to tune into right now?
3: Yeah. Some kind of frequency thing or something.
0: Yeah.
2: Razor vibration.
3: Well, I got an email from, from Celia who helps organize our, our CE fives. and, And she wrote that book, the handbook and, yeah in calgary it's like if it's warmer than minus 10 we might go out <laughs> and
2: yeah. if it's colder than minus 10 then just meet up and practice
3: <laughs> yeah that handbook's fantastic
2: yeah graham's yeah. gonna audio it
3: i'm gonna audiobook it i think yeah that's how i'm gonna give back to the celia for doing that yeah it's a great book right on well do you have anything else you want to mention before we wrap it
6: up
0: no no um i don't know I, I, I've been approached by a couple other people to do some stuff like this, so I, I think I'll pay them a visit. I've even been people have been asking me if I'd consider doing my own um, YouTube channel or something, and I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work, but who knows? We'll see what happens. My my passion with this, you know. A little caveat over all of this: it's so easy for someone, anyone, right now, listening to this or if they're watching it, to sit back and just be, well, this is uh, this is far fetched or this is too out there or or those being interested in it, some of this we need to be a kid about and just have some fun with this, see where it takes us. You know, it, it's again, it's so easy to sit back and be an armchair critic or to actually lace up your boots and get out there on the front lines and try some of this stuff. And I'll be the first to say that learning how to meditate is not an easy thing. But you know what? We're all meant to do it. We all can do it. And, and if you spend the time doing it and you can train your mind to get into that place where you have control, doesn't necessarily have to be quiet, but you have control over to what your mind is focusing on. The potential of opening stuff up, and athletes use it all the time with mental imagery. It, it's used meditation. We do it every day. I like to say every time we have a negative thought and when we're hyper-focused on something, thinking about something again and again to the point where we might even feel it inside like anxiety or depressive thoughts. I consider that a negative meditation
3: Yeah,
0: because we're so focused on something. We're actually manifesting this inside of our bodies as well. Sometimes if someone could take that and flip it on its head and think what's the potential of doing that in a positive love, light, compassion, empathy based sort of environment, what could they manifest inside of them or or externally by focusing on that sort of meditation. And if, and if we all kind of progress that way, this is going to be such a nicer place to live, you know, and we'll be more accepting. We'll explore this stuff together. Yeah. There's going to be stuff out there that's fake and dodgy, and but don't lump that in with the stuff that might be real and might be true because people are constantly trying to attach stuff together and say, this sounds like that so it's all garbage it's not how it works
3: yeah yeah no that's great that's well said yeah and, and it's it's funny cuz the law of one um came up I met a, a new friend the other day and he brought it up and then michael yeah. uh, our past uh friend of the show and guest here that used to come by all the time He's was into it and yeah i know i know i didn't okay. mean it like that i mean so when you when you mentioned that law of one i was like oh we got to get into this so yeah thanks for yeah. It. if you ever want to come back on and you want a platform instead of creating your own youtube channel or whatever just come sure. on we can talk about it you can get into a couple dig into a couple topics yeah it's 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 uh, sure. it's all good man
2: yeah you can just borrow our platform
3: yeah and then uh yeah. yeah definitely look us up and you can come in studio we always like to have people here uh when you come to calgary next time we'll go out yeah sure go out and sky watch yeah.
2: Thanks maybe, mine, then, but- maybe if you come to town, they'll actually let me come.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey. I don't know. Graham's, well, Ga- there, Graham's gatekeeping
2: I, the aliens.
0: I spent 10 years there and and worked there for 10 years. With, you know, a wide group of guys and girls. So I'll, I, I come out there once once oh, in a while. I'll right be out on. next summer for sure.
3: Awesome. Right on. Good. All right, buddy. Uh,
0: this is, just so you know, Yeah. this here, that's, this is a newer version of Law of One. So if you go to that LL research site,
6: mm-hmm.
0: it's volume one, volume two. This this is not an easy read, okay? Like, uh, you can see how many tabs I have in here and how many notes I have of stuff. And like, this is, this is not a book you can just easily go through because you hit a topic and you go, is that BS? And then you got to delve into it and you hear another one and whoa, what's that? So it's really a difficult read. If someone's interested in this area, I would suggest to first read that Secrets of the UFO, because as much as it sounds like a fluffy title, it is it is amazing research that he's put together, yeah. amazing research. And that gives such a great platform for understanding why they gather this information later on. And it's, it's, a, it's a much easier read. And like you said, you read it already and thought it was quite interesting.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What about,
0: uh, it's a deep read.
3: I was, so that is, that's, is that the volume two? Did you say then that one?
0: Well, this is, this is volume one. Oh, that's volume one. Okay. Yeah. The secrets of the UFO is basically Don Elkins explaining his research up to the point when this happened. Yeah. This is just a collection of questions and answers that he asks along the way. And it's got amazing definitions in the back of how these entities try and explain things so that we're not distorted in what they're explaining to us because they use very precise language. Yeah. But again, it's, it's question and answer. So you're hunting, waiting for stuff. It doesn't really give a nice flow to things. If you're looking for that.
3: What about uh, on audible.com? They have the only, the only law of one book they have is living the law of one. And it's one yeah. on, hundred one. the choice. Have you heard of that?
0: Yeah, I've read it. Okay. Well, I listened to the audio book. Oh yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy who narrates that is the last surviving person from the main three-person team that actually channeled the law of one. Okay, cool. Um, Amazing. He's the one I sat with, and I saw him channel Quo right in front of me. You can actually read it online at their website. I think it was September of this year. And I asked some questions around reincarnation and past life regression with Brian Weiss's work, and I, I asked some of this stuff to this group of entities, and got some really interesting answers that, you know, wouldn't, they were accurate. They wouldn't be manufactured or fabricated by someone that didn't actually know that information. Wow, that's great. Yeah.
3: I'm all right, I'll, put a, I'll put a link, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And then is there, is there a way people can contact you or get a hold of you or if they have more questions, are you out there on social medias at all or anything like that?
0: I'm not really, you know, I'm not putting myself out there yet because okay. yeah, yeah, don't, I'm yeah. pretty busy with my own work and I spend so much time doing research in these areas. It's all tough. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no just that's it. Yeah, 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 she's
2: just trying yeah. to all check right. into giving out your email on the show.
0: When, when that happens, you'll be one of the first to know how's all that. Right.
3: Okay, good, yeah, and I'll pass it on. Right on, buddy.
2: Right on. Well, <laughs> okay, thanks nice. for, for coming on the show, Kyle. Come back anytime. Yeah, and nice uh, for having me. Yeah, enjoy, uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Well dear. Okay. Take care, guys. Thanks, buddy. Okay, see ya. See ya. Now's our chat with Kyle day off What'd you think, buddy? That was fun. C five yeah. love fest. Yep. Yeah, that was fun.
3: You were a bit of a really dick at the it. beginning there. F bombs in there, just yeah.
2: Take it. It's easy. like
3: usually, you know, after all of a sudden you're jumping in, asking all the questions.
2: Oh yeah. That's right. I need some answers. Yep. I can't get them on. I like years.
3: it. You're almost close to coming out with us now.
2: Yeah, I don't know. People have been
3: asking about you. They want they want you to come out. And I said, I'm going to bring you out. So I think you're almost uh, ready.
2: After a couple of years of you shouting me down, I don't know if I want to come out.
3: <laughs> see, that's going to work You're not coming. Um, that's right.
2: We'll see. Maybe this no, summer. No, that
3: was, that was fun. That was good to, good to chat with them.
2: By summer, you might have me convinced. So, yeah, big thanks to Kyle for coming on the show.
3: I think we need a long one book for the studio. Sure. We I'll order a couple. Maybe I that order, can be our new. Two volumes? Maybe that can be a replace the UFO quote of the week. We can just read question and answers out of the law of one.
2: People aren't too happy about the UFO quote of the week going away, so I might just let you keep doing it.
3: There's not a lot left. I just have to start of, making after them after up. Five years of running out of content <laughs> yeah,
2: for that. Way past <laughs> it. There would. I don't think there was 300 profound UFO quotes. Yeah. You I think, think some profound? You think they were all? Profound? They're all profound. Yeah, of okay. course. They're all like any quote about a UFO is profound. Is that a UFO? This is
3: from government officials, police officers, Air Force pilots. scientists, um, have, politicians, I'm famous I'm celebrities.
2: Start, I'm gonna start putting a profound non-UFO quote of the week in the newsletter. I think.
3: What I meant to what I meant to say to Kyle as well is that since we've been doing the show five and a half years the ufo topic has really changed and evolved i feel like and i don't think it's just because we're doing this but there's definitely way more acceptance
2: to it oh yeah maybe yeah i wouldn't argue that seems it's funny we talk about it less and it's funny when we started the show i figured we'd be talking about ufos like once a month
3: as opposed to what
2: i don't know what do we think it is once let's say it's once a quarter
3: Oh oh you mean as a show topic. Well yeah. I and mean, it's always coming up. When people send their sightings in and people I talk about the C five locally here and we do the UFO quote, so it's always coming up. But yeah, the topic itself. Yeah, you're right. I thought it would be more often too. But there's so many other things to talk
2: about. Oh. I mean, yeah. Just goes on and on. You could do a show every day about a different topic. Yeah. We could have a Monday show, a Tuesday show, a Wednesday show.
3: We could. Monday.
2: Fuck you need a lot of support for that. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway. Big thanks for tuning in. We got more people saying keep the UFO quotes in the chats. Anyway, big thanks for tuning in, guys. Big thanks to Kyle for coming on the show. Do check out slash uh, support. Sign up for a monthly in some fashion. Um, check out the PayPal.me slash grimerica. Do your one time donations over there. Check out patreon.com slash grimerica. Somehow, some way, find a way to support the show if you can. When you can, it really does help make a difference, and it uh, it helps us prepare to uh, to just keep the keep the show going, so that when people try and shut us off, we got a backup plan.
3: Yeah, no ads, no commercials. No, no ads, sponsors. no commercials,
2: no sponsors. Just a couple of fucking hacks begging for your dough. <laughs> That's it. Please, because we said please. We love you guys. Seriously, thanks for listening. See you next week.
4: No longer anxious with time No longer in my prime A sliver of wisdom A taste of ambrosia Perfectly fine in my skin Even on a rainy day Unraveling holograms Sifting through beach sand You see a flash in the pan A metal detector A fool and his folly Snug as a bug in a rug In my humble abode Perfectly fine in my skinny on a rainy day As time drags Your computer lags Causing a time rift Then your body goes stiff A shooting star A lucky streak from afar Yes, you're down on your luck And life is hard No worry, I'll be your bodyguard Building up and building up And building up Breaking down and building up And building up and up and break.